Hi, Blair Speed. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Hillary Allen. Hey. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, well, we knew this was going to happen, whatever, six weeks ago when we met. So yes. <laughs> super cool. Uh, welcome to another um, whatever of the thing that we do sometimes weekly in the studio. <laughs> Actually, I've been pretty good lately. You have been. With it. And we've had some really good episodes lately. Some really great episodes. Yeah. I'm so... Uh, you know, honestly, I have been really thrilled the last little bit that um can sit down and talk to women. Yeah. <laughs> and not just have it be the, you know, the kind of the bro fest in here. Yeah. Which sometimes, you know, we can't help. But yeah. um, Blair, our conversation and the one with Karen. Yeah. Super nice. Yeah. And I've been looking forward to this. So, <laughs> Hillary, thanks for making like... For driving all over <laughs> the West just to, to have been here and then gone and then been back and then come back. Yes. It's so worth it. Plus, the Good. West is an amazing place to drive around. So No kidding. Especially <laughs> if you have a rental van that has like a bike and a bed and everything in the back. It has it. everything like, I need. I don't need much. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, Utah's it's, amazing. I want to move here. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. I'm into this. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... Okay. <laughs> It is, um, it's really special here and different. I mean, I've been having this, com I had this text conversation with a friend the other night who's, um, who lives down just north of Castle Rock, so south of Denver. Mm. So you wouldn't think that things, you know, COVID-related stuff and racial issue-related stuff would be like be super intense i mean i just i keep thinking of that as like big urban areas mm -hmm. you know and yeah denver kind of qualifies but some of the stuff that he told me that he has to deal with every day like what do you mean um people you know if he d if he decides to you know walk outside in the fresh air on a sidewalk in a you know in the in town in yeah. the city whatever and he chooses not to wear a mask because he can control distance and then people get in his face about it you know with their masked face faces and i'm not again you know it's just like look it's your your choice yeah you want to go if you get into that situation where you can't control the distance yeah. and that kind of thing hey do it and he's totally mm -hmm. fine with that yep. um he got totally uh he's a barber by trade yep. and um and, and he you know somebody wanted a haircut but they wanted him to give the give them their haircut um atop a, a toppled statue of a historical figure. And my friend kind of said, no, I'm not going to do that's stupid. I have a barber shop and a chair and mirrors and shit. I wouldn't do that. And, but that wasn't the issue. Now he's a fucking racist. And mm. like, he just says every day there's something. And so my girlfriend and I were thinking about moving out to Utah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's cool here. Like Wait, you we keep telling the, people the cool spots, though. Well, no, it's over. It's too, he's too late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's it's because Harriman, which is out west, 
of here was like the fastest growing city in the nation yeah. for a little bit recently. Yeah. And you know, yeah, a lot of people are moving here right now. It's going to, it's going to be less good, but it, you know, at, at some point, but all around it's, it's nice. And the attitude, there's a nice balance of liberal and conservative yeah. of mm-hmm. religious yeah. and atheist, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of thing of, you know, <laughs> witches and, you know, very strong. I mean, and a, significant gay community here yep. which you wouldn't think with you know the the, the temple thing down there but <laughs> yep. you know. paradoxes exactly things that you know create balance mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. strange i know and conversation yes. oh weird yeah. and New diff- differences of opinion yeah. whoa whoa <laughs> so all of these things we've just discussed are not available where you live today <laughs> <laughs> potentially <laughs> <laughs> you know. So when we get into the difficult part, things to talk about, I'll just throw myself at the bus so that you, <laughs> don't, so you don't have to. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> like, sweet. That is accurate. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, we've just been working as hard as we possibly can to become uncancelable and to take as much control as we can. And cause, so if we, you know, trip over something or, you know, you know, find something along the way that is you know, difficult for us to wrap our heads around and we go through this learning process. Well, beyond that, you're also like showing honesty and not curation as you work through different conversations or experiences. And there's not a ton of self-censoring going on. And that's... Yeah. That's important. It's really important. Yeah. And it's part of something, Hillary, you and I were talking about the other day um, around the book. Um, which we'll get to, you know, the book itself uh-huh. we'll get, we'll yeah. get to cause yeah. it's coming out soon. Oh yeah. I mean, we're going to help you sell like three or four. So Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. You sold two already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we were talking about the, you know, the, the topic of sort of like you know, what, what subjects that we feel in our lives, you know, that we can address or whatever without setting ourselves, like make painting a target on ourselves mm. in, in some way. And, um, and that got me really thinking about how much self-censoring people are doing, you know, generally people do, you know, people who are just like, I don't want to get fired from my job. I keep right. my mouth shut, yeah. you know, or whatever. And then you become a different person yeah. if your mouth is shut all the time. You don't become yourself. Yeah. You, you, even, and if you were yourself before. Yeah. But I think social media is the perfect, the perfect mask that everyone gets to put on. That you don't have to be yourself. You are curated. You are the product of what others want you to be. Why? Why do you think that? Because I think it's it, it has to be that way. Because life is is so dynamic. It's not a snapshot in time. Yeah. It's not even you know a story of like what's you know a fifteen second clip of what's been happening in my day. Completely. And it's curated to be consumable. Mm. And I think that's dangerous because the human experience is not, it's not to be consumed. It's not to be just taken in and forgotten and, okay, give me the next. Yeah. It's, it's something that marinates over time. It's, it's something that you learn from and it's something that you have to reflect upon. And I just think it's, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, I'm at the, I struggle with that nearly on a daily basis of censorship of self yeah. outwardly. Yeah. I feel like I'm very guarded with who I let 
see the real me yeah out of out of out of fear you know out of fear of just just out, outward judgment like because oh, yeah. neg- no one likes to hear negative negative things i mean it, it's it's certainly it's very difficult to hear but i feel i just i feel like it's da- it's dangerous to have these masks and to yeah very much so uh when you say you struggle about it each day like in what ways of i know what i know what it's like to not to spend to spend a lot of time not not days not not months years of not being who i who i am outwardly to other people putting on a mask every day faking it you know and is that because of i mean part of what you do as a sponsored athlete is to interact with the public mm-hmm. and be the face of a large a, a, an organization that maybe has set up certain expectations you know of behavior or you know editorial or comment or whatever but 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 I think you're also I think it, sometimes it has to do with you the way that you're using social media which is part of you know, it's it's so it's funny to me that like these you know the companies have ambassadors and they want these ambassadors to be on social media to interact mm-hmm. with people and to be authentic but not too authentic because hmm. that's scary. Um, yeah. for, you know, for us they might you know paint. well or be authentic in the specific curated way that we want you to be authentic to say, look at me, sure. I'm being so authentic. I'm being. We would courageous. like you to fit this mold of authenticity. See, this this yeah. is exactly. This is what I'm talking about. So, so my my thing of of spending years not being, not showing my true self, mm-hmm. it, it pre it predates the the sponsorship, but, but 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 it's now in in this idea of sponsorship because it's exactly that. Like we want you to fit into this certain box. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it serves a great purpose. Like you know being a part of a brand it's like you know they represent one idea of what i believe in completely but certainly not everything of course and that but that's the same for anything anything, anyone anyone in like in general like oh yeah the human experience is not black and white it's it's so uh, messy. Mark's taking that personally right now. No, I'm sorry. No, we, no, we had this. I love, actually, I love black and white photos, but still, the world but is not like but it. None of them are black and white. They're gray. Yes. Exactly. They're gray. Like I don't remember which conversation it was, but sometime, I think it was in the office the other day. We're just like, hey, if it's black, it, you know, it's all the colors are there. Exactly. Yes. And if it's white, then none of them are there. Yeah. So what is it? <laughs> so so all photos are sort of in between, and yes. then we're like those two prints that are sitting on the desk. Um, in there right now we were like referring to those They're like there's no true black in this yeah. and there's no true white except the mat you know the, yeah. the edge around the the image um and so yeah we're it's not black and white and we do need to sort of um become comfortable with these gray zones <laughs> the gray zones and complexity i think it's easy to try to simplify things and so whether that's a company that wants us to fit a certain mold or or we do it to ourselves or we do it to one another every day um but hillary what you were talking about before we started recording is this experience that you're on right now and you're you're in the van and you're driving around and you're interacting with these people um and you were talking about the connections that you've made there and how you have um shifted from 
or gain confidence or or an assertion of self in these interactions and it's created these deeper relationships yeah would you talk a little bit about that experience yeah i'm, I'm smiling right now because yeah, <laughs> yeah it's are. just it's so it's so liberating i mean i've always I mean, so just like renting a van and I, like, I grew up on road trips, so it's very nostalgic. I love, mm. I love just going out and just being self-sufficient and especially as an endurance athlete, I, it's one of my favorite ways to explore a new place, mm-hmm. running, cycling, whatever. Yep. But before, I think I would, I would avoid human contact. Why? I think I was, I think I was just so terrified of being seen honestly no, and there yeah, i don't know it, when the shift happened potentially it happened after my accident i think it did i was just about to ask that and I, we can get into this yeah but like i mean maybe maybe it happened after that yeah. but just having this huge shift in my life and just completely changing my perspective like it's not it's not a matter of you know flipping a 180 and going the other way it's Flipping a 180, 360, you're in a fucking yeah. parallel you're universe. Like, I'm in a new realm completely. That's you know, beautiful. Like, I took, you know, <laughs> you know, quirks and, you know, like, like, learned about, like, parallel dimensions and stuff like this in physics. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's real. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yes. Like, I am the graviton. Yes. Like, fucking, there's, like, there's this idea and it's like, well, if infinite time exists after the Big Bang, but if infinite time existed before the Big Bang, then somewhere in a parallel universe, then things are happening in reverse of time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know. I'm like looping. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's just something has changed. <laughs> but I... um. Wait, I can... Yeah, I, Mark. I can go there and like... You have to talk. Get younger. (laughs) (laughs) No. But everything's in reverse, so we move backwards. Oh, man, that's going to be problematic. No, but you don't want to get younger because then getting younger, you're devoid of these experiences that you've gained over time. And you'd be losing self. Yeah. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. Which, hey, might be a nice metaphor for fucking life right now. (laughs) I I was going to say, man, it took 59 years to get here. I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah. yeah. Good. No, but it's like yeah. it's it's exactly that. There's this huge shift of self that I really remember kind of needing a mask or needing this kind of filter of like uh, like before the yeah. accident. It's like, "Oh, I'm Hillary, the professional athlete." So yeah. that was like a way for me to meet people. Yep. And it was great and it was beautiful, but then, you know, then I had the time I'm an introvert, so I had the time to then go back to my hotel room, whether it was at a certain and, race or at a tr- like you know a training cycle. I had this wonderful streak where you know at every race that I attended at these like international races, you get paired with um an, like an internet like someone else, like a roommate randomly yep. if the race pays for your entry fee. Yep. And I was on this wonderful streak where I had no roommates. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Some somehow she got injured or she like just didn't show up. And I was like, fuck yeah, like I get the room to myself. Like I get to like not have bullshit small talk conversations. I can just be me and, you can recharge. and I could recharge yep. and so previously when I would go on road trips or, or anything I think I would avoid that yep. or I just needed my own space yep. but now I just you're I, driving around in your own space I'm driving around in my own space my bed's right there I can lock the doors and lock people out mm-hmm. yeah but or the beautiful thing is is I can have these authentic conversations yes. with people and I can just be 
be happy in my own skin and be me and just have these genuine interactions. And I feel like the confidence in myself is then reflected and it's kind of attracted to and picked up on other people that also have that same either need for that person in their life or they also are the same kind of confidence in themselves as well. Completely. It's just, I think it's like what you, it's just a bunch of reflections and you know, like it's reflected back at you. Yep. It's, it's a push pull. Yeah. And it just feels so fulfilling. It's uh, I just feel happy. That's beautiful. And I think it's not because I have a van. It's not because I have this materialistic thing. It's not no. because I'm in, you know, Salt Lake City because it's, it's because like great. Yourself. It's because of how I feel inside. Yeah. And that goes everywhere with you. Yes. I and like, it's like a sense of home. Mm. Someone, someone, one of my friends told me there's like three, there's three versions of home. There's a place, Yep. you know, it's whatever you associate with, it could be the place that you're born, right? Something that will always be home mm-hmm. or a place that you've established as your home. Another home is within yourself. Of course. And another one is within a person or a community. Yes. And I really, truly feel like I'm finding those things. But it it all starts with the finding the home within myself. Oh, big time. Completely. And that's, I, I don't think that it applies just to professional athletics or professional sports. But my fear, and we talked about at the beginning of social media, my fear with being a professional athlete the cost of it is this one dimensionality where you believe that you are at one thing. Like I am this thing. This is what I do every single day. And this defines me. And this is how other people see me, but you are so much more than that one thing. I mean, that's a very important thing that you're passionate about and you love and it impacts your day to day life. And, and it builds a part of your life. But, and as we like mentioned your accident going through something so so powerful as that I don't know I've never experienced anything like that but I I would think that you would start to see that you are infinite other things than just Hillary the runner and as you travel around right now and you know that then you can you are able to connect with people in all of those infinite ways so the first thing I want to say yeah and I'm I don't want to like cry. <laughs> Crying's cool. You're, no. you're with two people that love to cry. Yeah, I, no, I haven't. Uh, have I cried? This is today? like you have not cried today. today I'm, I'm. Yeah. Okay. All right. You you have experienced something like that. Yes, completely. Yes. So you do get it. Yes, I do understand. And it's. I mean, it's it's life changing. Yeah. And I forgot all the rest of the questions that you asked because I'm just like, it's like... They don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I think there's a really a fascinating thing that happens when if um, as a something, mm-hmm. whatever th- that is, and we're going to have to use professional athlete because... Yeah, that's, we're just using that. We're, yeah. we're just going right to... We'll use that, but... Um, and, and It's that one thing that you think that you're defined by. That you yeah, are. That, that, that you do define yourself, yourself. You know, we, we actively mm-hmm. choose it because it's also, it's also yes. easy for us 
to you know to compartmentalize or to put our to paint ourselves into our own box process mm-hmm. our life it, yeah. yeah how do i do this what yeah. do i do you know when somebody asks me who you know what, what's your story i'm like well i'm a professional fucking mountain climber <laughs> yeah. you know or whatever um, yeah but then but then you arrive at a point could be by way of you know mm-hmm. accident injury mm-hmm. um could be you know just like all right i don't do that thing anymore yeah and then you're that's when you get to confront like all of and recognize share feel a uh, you know um embrace all of the other yous that are not that identity because you can't have like that because that just got taken away or you chose mm-hmm. to you know walk away from it and so if the if the if you don't do the thing that made you who you are anymore then you have to find then who are you exactly and or who am i and that's a really scary question to ask yes especially i mean as i mean we're going to keep using it as a professional athlete I spend a lot of time doing that thing, like ultra running it. I mean, gravel riding, like riding a bike. It takes an immense amount of time. And so. So you're in your head. You're in your head. All that time. (laughs) All that time. And I I love that. I love to think. I love to like explore the world, explore science, nature. But when you do something that much. Yeah. You know, you, like your identity gets wrapped up in it. You get in a routine. Yeah. And yeah, but uh, the crazy thing is, is that it's one dimensional. You said you can't define yourself as one no. dimension. No, life is is three dimensional. I think it's multi dimensional. Yeah, right. We're, it's, we're working it's, on five up in here. We're like yeah. that, that five D life. That's what yeah. we're all about. Five D. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's great. And so and so to to, to so then back to you know social media and all this stuff to yeah. to define yourself based on one image. Yeah. Oh, or based on the limited number of letters they give you in characters. your profile to, to mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to mm-hmm. describe who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. Like, cause, yeah. and then, but then, and that's then, actually one of my favorite things on social media to read <laughs> is what people put in their profile to try and, you know, introduce themselves to the world or broadcast themselves. Yeah. And, and yeah. it has to be catchy. It has to be like buzzwords. It has to, so not, so it, and it actually it discourages you from actually saying who you are. It encourages you to say the buzzwords that are going to get people to, to like you or to follow you. But I will, and I agree. And put that pound sign in front of it. So yeah. They can <laughs> hashtag see it when, pound. Hashtag. Oh, yeah. Pound oh. sign. Fucking love it. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. so <laughs> because, hmm, <clears throat> This is going way back, and I'm gonna. I'll, uh, and now it's even more problematic to say this, but um, I, I always knew it as a pound sign. Yeah. And then suddenly there was this movement of pound me too, and <laughs> I was like, man, that's weird. Oh man! Oh, that's. Yeah. A- <laughs> I guess it's pound sign me too, but I, you know, um, the, the, you know, using that symbol t- to add your identity content whatever you do to a pool of other people that are also putting that symbol in front of you know that that word that's related to 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 their output it's like why would i man that water's getting real polluted why would i jump into that and and as we talk about social media and i really agree what you've talked about in other podcasts about like um how it homogenizes or it makes everything vanilla like it 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 promotes things that don't buck the system and or it it, it 
is going for commercial art oftentimes versus like move your heart, pull your heart out. I agree with that. And I understand the ideas of monopolizing time within individuals or making a profit. I agree with all of those aspects of social media. But I also think, and this is something like when we were able to talk with Hillary Moab and she talked about so passionately about integrity, the things that we have in our life, if they've already been developed and we haven't developed them, but we are active participants in social media, we still have our own internal integrity and we can use it in the ways that we choose, which means we might have a lot less followers or we might have a lot less, Mm -hmm. we might not throw this huge net into shallow waters, but we can still develop deep connections within our, our small community or within ourselves. Um, by upholding that personal integrity when we choose to use these different platforms. I mean, you, I love it because integrity is one of, I think it's the one thing that no one can take from you. Yeah. However, in this day and age, it's the one thing that people are letting everyone else Mm, take from them. Yep. And that is a stripping of self. Yeah. And I let that happen to me. Learning. Yeah. yeah. And and it's something that I, like in- integrity to me is doing something because it matters to me and doing it because no one's looking. Yeah. Yep. Because I don't need that validation. You don't. And it's something that I had to make a choice. Yes, I actively participate. I, I'm incredibly blessed and I've worked very hard for the career that I'm that I'm doing right now you work incredibly hard and and I'm so grateful to have the opportunities and to work with many sponsors and and I will happily participate in in those you know in those endeavors and represent those brands and I will do that passionately and I will do it with integrity and I will do it in my way yes and I will participate. I will stand for what I believe in. Yeah. And that the, what you see, you know, on social media, it's everything 100% authentically me. Yep. I don't I don't curate that. I don't let anyone else steal my words. It's it's me. Yep. And Yeah. anyone who knows me, yeah. knows that that's only one part of me. Mm, I love that. And that if you actually know me, yep. you know that Everything that you see on social media from, I call it my, my, you know, my second person, you know, like the, your, however, what your alter ego. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Hilly that, goat. exactly. Here we go. That's her. Yeah. But anyone who knows mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. knows that it's so much more than that. And I hold that dear and I'm sorry, unless you know me, you don't get to see that. Mm, yep. And that to me is integrity because yep. there's something that is just mine. Yep. And if I get lucky enough to have an interaction with you, yep. then we'll get to experience that together. Yep. But you're not going to get that from a one dimensional, I would call it zero dimensional image. And it's social media and these movements are super powerful. I cannot deny that. They help a lot of people. You can reach a yes. lot of people. It's great. Yeah. And I keep using this word. I know. And, I like that. Yeah. It's dangerous Mm. and it's not the whole story. Yes. And the quicker we realize that, the better off we'll be. Yes. I I like to say that I'm a walking contradiction. (laughs) I'm full of and. Yes, Yes, please. Duality. Also and. Yeah. 
I am. I am. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's all of those things. But I think that when people are able to create the space within themselves to hold all of that and, uh, then they become more of themselves. And, yeah. and, and this adventure, the, this past couple of weeks that you've been running and biking and interacting with people that you didn't know before, mm-hmm. um, and shifting in, in the small amount of time that I have known you, <laughs> as you discussed before the accident, like this um, fear of putting self out there mm-hmm. and then the freedom, maybe it is knowing uh, f- how finite and short our lives are. <laughs> and then you you realize that and then you realize what the gift of your unique self is. And when you are able to do that with confidence out in the world and these relationships that you start to develop, they see you do that and then... I mean, strength is contagious. Yes. Authenticity mm. is contagious. It's like a magnet. It is 100%. And, <laughs> and, and it's within these people. But when you interact with them in these ways, these little magnets of themselves are being pulled out because you have given them the space and freedom to do that. Mm. I mean, that's exactly how I feel. Because before, I, I was afraid of those interactions because any sort of negativity or mm. just kind of this unknown, this fear of if someone wouldn't like me was just so, it was crippling because then I wasn't sure who I was. Ah, yeah. And so that reflection back, just what I would ask these questions, who am I? Who am I, you know, mm. without running? Who am I without this? Yep. And if I'm not this, then what does that make me? And, it, it, you know, it sends me down this rabbit hole. But now yeah. there's this, this, this freedom, this I'm okay because I know that I'm not perfect. Yes. I will keep doing these things that matter to me because I have integrity and I know what that feels like. I know what that looks like for me. Yes. And so no matter what anyone says, mm-hmm. I am confident in who I am Good. and I can take criticism. I can take, I can be auth- <laughs> myself authentically because even if someone doesn't like me, oh, that's liberating. Yeah. Then like, Okay, like you can go on your merry way. I'll go on my merry way. We can still have productive conversations, but like then maybe we won't be friends. Yep. Like, but that's also liberating. I don't need to be friends with everyone. No, like, completely. You know. Yeah, and far from it. Yeah, big time. <laughs> In a way, I, I, um, I'm gonna say something that's gonna that that I'm glad I didn't meet you before your accident. Oh, Mark, I don't think you'd have liked me. <laughs> Why? Because I was this like... Because uh, because of what you've yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. The story you've just bubbly, told. Same, I was the same yeah. bubbly mm. Hillary, but that conversation, like honest conversations. Yeah. They wouldn't... I don't think they would have happened. Yeah. Completely. Because I was too concerned about being likable. Yes. Whatever the hell that is. And we, I think... <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'll, I'll say we all go through that in our lives in different some ways, of it, you know, yeah. in different ways. Yeah. And some of it, you know, OK, at a younger age, some yeah. of it, an old, you know, some it kind of hangs on sometimes or or it comes in waves like, man, I really yeah. um, stand in front of a thousand people, sitting, you know, yeah. running my fucking mouth. And <laughs> I'd really prefer it if they dug what I was about, of course, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah. So it, but. You know, recognizing when we are um, performing or we are self-editing, self-censoring, curating in a way. And, uh, you know, now and realizing, okay, there's some utility to this in this particular context, but it doesn't take over anymore. You know, like it had certainly in my past for me, there were there were 
times and and it just seems like you know I, I'll, I'll go with bubbly yeah you know still but also <laughs> there's weight and yeah. fire you, yeah <laughs> i mean you do, do you you carry yeah. s- some weight and 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 just seeing like walking in on the conversation that was being had you know when we met in moab it's like Oh yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then to to hear you know a little bit of like you know what's been happening the last you know little bit and, you know like well I got stuck in France for a year because <laughs> this fucking virus happened and yeah. then some you know, and then a bunch of other things and it seemed like a cool idea but then then I was there yeah <laughs> and and that to me is a is a it's a fascinating story that you know um. Think about it that like how desperately a bunch of people that I that I know who were overseas at the time yeah. were trying to get back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like try try like it's good like I gotta get home, I gotta get home, I got and obviously you wanna we wanna be around our support group, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. you know, potentially that's family. Potentially it's just the, the family that we made or whatever. But I feel mm-hmm. like oh, I'm gonna be in a better situation if I'm there yeah. and just to just to to sort of go well you know this is a world this thing's all over the world and it's not necessarily yeah that, that's <laughs> exactly the choice that i made like the past year of my life from october 2019 until october 2020 i i moved to france uh, supposedly I thought it was for a short amount of time yes. to, you know, like do the professional athlete thing, like mo- be there yep. for a season, yep. enjoy the freedom of, you know, being able to live in enjoy a different the place. Freedom. Ironic. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, uh, Don't go more than one kilometer from your home. If you exactly. do, you'll have even less freedom. Enjoy the I know I was in like one of the most locked down places ever. Enjoy I'm just the like, freedom. I think we'll just name this episode that. Enjoy, Enjoy the freedom. freedom. And That's if really anyone good. and if anyone knows who I am, oh, they know that that is the it's like my worst nightmare. Like, oh yeah, I am described as fiercely independent. And so when I made and I it wasn't it was an it was a decision. To yeah. stay in France when it happened, to not come home, I, I think I needed an experience. I think I know. Mm. I know that I needed yeah. something. I needed someone to shake me. Mm. And I was dating this wonderful man at the time, and it got real really fast. I'm sure I had to move to in this. It couldn't have been even any bigger than this room in the studio. This one bedroom cabin with a bed lofted above it had a little, you know, a wood-burning stove, one table, a bathroom. So smaller than this room. Like a little, a sink. A tiny house. It was a tiny house. (laughs) And, you know, living with him and then his family who graciously took me in, you know, they were living 200 meters up the hill. We cooked lunch and dinner every night there. They didn't really speak English. Yeah. I was forced to embrace this new culture, this new relationship. Yeah. And I was still going through a lot of things. Learning about myself, mm. learning and 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 th- what a better way than how how in the world do you let someone get to know you when you don't speak the same language? Oh yeah. 
So that was incredibly powerful and incredibly draining mm. to be able to, how do you communicate with someone if you can't, you literally cannot speak their language? Yeah. See who, let them see who you are. Learn to see mm. who they are, not by the spoken word, mm-hmm. but by actions, mm-hmm. by silent mm. interactions, by passing a day, searching for Marie in in the woods. Yeah. Like it's, it's powerful. It's life changing. Mm. And you're and the, the that you know, the notion that it's really it's it's exhausting. Yeah. It is exhausting. Um it I mean the first years that when I lived in France it was that, you know. It and, and it got less exhausting as I became fluent. Right. But it was still there. And I learned you know, French. I didn't know French I, when I lived when I moved there. Fucking A you did. And yeah, I learned had, it. Yeah. 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 I mean, and even then it was hard. Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> still like because we don't have you don't have the you know sort of shared upbringing and kind of shared history the the small talk doesn't you know the yes. shorthand for certain things doesn't mm-hmm. exist the pop culture references are completely fucking different you're polite oh yeah that's it yeah it's you're not authentically you because again you're filtering mm. you are you exist through a filter because you have you're you're you have to be polite because yeah. you don't know how to be any other way because you don't know the secret code or but it's you don't also, fit the mold yeah it's but but that's a that's almost a really beautiful human interaction because it's like well if we if all we if we can't communicate then what do we have well fucking be kind to each other yeah right. pass the bread be, yeah pa- be, <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> and 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 be polite and and you know for me empathy uh, yes mm. and you know that's how the people that i met that were the that became my best friends, the the people that I connected the best with, mm-hmm. regardless if they were French, you know, some of them were, yeah. but a lot of them were foreigners. Other Europeans who ended up in other France. other Europeans yeah. who ended up in or France, even beyond it, extra European, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the French themselves, but who had traveled and then themselves been in my same position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. empathy. Yeah. Yeah, because French as a, is a second language to nowhere in the world. <laughs> like if you if you leave France to go, you know, anywhere, there there are. I mean, yeah, the Reunion. There's you know, Saint Martin. There, there you know, be a couple of places where French would be useful. But as Quebec. A, well, if you can understand Quebecois, which ain't French. <laughs> I heard the ain't. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, even I can go to Britain or, well, actually, I was going to say I could go to Scotland. I might not be able to understand them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but it's, and, and so, you know, French people, it, it's true, though, that if you are, you know, born and raised in France and you, you maybe have like a tiny bit of English or a tiny bit of some other language yeah. and you go, you know, on travel, you just realize like, oh, man. The, the French people that I've met that like, you know, born, raised, whatever there, traveled, came back to France, were, as you noted, like the more accommodating mm-hmm. and helpful. Right. And then if you're an American and you're trying to learn mm-hmm. their language, the mother tongue, yeah. you're practicing, they will bend over backwards to help yeah. That was, um, I mean, that that was my experience with the with the language thing. Is that as soon as I tried, when I was like, 
oh, I'm fucking, you know, <laughs> whatever. When I was that guy, I was like, well, I'm never going to, this is just going to be horrible here the entire time that you spend here. Yeah. And as soon as I started speaking or, you know, having interactions in the community and that, mm-hmm. it was absolutely, you know, welcoming mm-hmm. on an individual, yep. you know, let's just say civilian sort of level. And then you have to deal with French bureaucracy, and that's like a different. That's a fucking different thing. Yeah. Uh, should we go back to the enjoy your freedom? Enjoy your freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I did not fit in really well with the culture. Let's just say that. Yeah. I love the mountains, but and yeah. as a runner, let's say if you're yeah. not permitted to go more than a kilometer from home, I'm guessing lots of repeats, yeah. <laughs> lots yeah. of the same thing. Yeah. And for someone who I, you know, I would express my, that was my alone time. That was my sacred time. That was my processing time. And I needed it more than ever. But I was exhausted. Oh, I bet. I I think I did probably too much because I... You didn't realize all that you were processing or marinating in. Yeah. And and I I needed to go out. And so I was going out, you know, like twice a day. Or doing two things a day. You know, I was just constantly tired, but I had to keep doing it because I just felt okay well you know this is why like i felt honestly it was so isolating in france because i felt that the only thing that mattered anymore and that i had worked so hard to regain after the accident was the the multi-dimensional self the mm. multiple parts of me that mm-hmm. made me feel like me yeah yet when i went to france and when i was stuck there yep. i felt that i was again only a runner what a that, test of experience that people only knew me as a runner. And to a certain extent, even even the man that I was dating. Yep. And I think the longer I stayed there, the more I realized that. And it's beautiful that you realized it. And I think this is why I stayed, is because I knew I needed, I knew it was gonna be telling, I knew it was gonna be worthwhile, I knew it was gonna be hard as hell. Yeah. But I knew that that's something that I needed, and if I just ran home, and I ran home to something that was familiar, mm-hmm. that I, 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 it just wouldn't, I more, wouldn't. More, have, more repeats. More right, re- <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have gotten to the place that I got to. Yeah. I wouldn't, it, it's like if I'm going to a mountain summit, and I can see that it's off there in the distance. You know, you can see maybe there's clouds, something is stirring. It doesn't really feel like a storm, but you know, it might get kind of gnarly. You're prepared, but maybe not so prepared. And you just, you know, you're like, eh, yep. not today. Yep. But if you actively make the steps to keep on going forward and problem solving and solving that shit every time something hits you, you reach that freaking summit and it's so rewarding. Yeah. Or you don't, and it's still so rewarding. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't know what uh, summit uh, I reached in France, but it was probably so you know like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what they call a faux sommet. Yeah, so. sommet. <laughs> of course, in France they have a name for it. Yeah, I can't read the, the, the summit before the summit or oh the, my God. the summit. Oh my Yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> impossible. I yeah. could not reach it. Yeah. I think it's exceptional to have gone through such like to have to experience the accident and everything that you had to do 
and I don't and I won't say to get back because you don't go back you become a new person oh my god I love that to quote LL Cool J don't call the comeback I've been here for years and also (laughs) (laughs) now now Blair Speed speaks some LL yeah definitely (laughs) Florida come on guys oh my gosh but also I love that because everyone was like oh you're gonna come back no this 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 triumphant comeback and I'm like hell no yeah I do not want to be the person that I was yes because it's impossible yes. I am forever changed and there's no coming back because I'm not the same did you feel that immediately after the accident did you feel immediately different I was in denial for yeah, a long time for sure because I felt like, lost of course I felt uh, it was the it was a re- it was an extended period of time where I did not feel like myself, mm. but a step a step further, yeah. I didn't know who I was anymore. Yes. And I've I've felt that before of like, well, I don't I don't I don't feel like myself. I just don't feel like myself today. Yeah. But I kind of knew who I was because I had these other definitions or these masks or these little like things that I could put on, be like, I'm Hillary, I'm bubbly Hillary today. Yeah. I'm you know, I'm Hillary the runner yep. today. I'm Hillary the scientist. I'm Hillary blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. fit certain said image for what day of the week. Yeah. But it was, I didn't know who I was. Yep. Like I, I didn't have any mask to put on. I didn't, I felt that lost, yeah. that my world was turned upside down. That lost and that raw. Yeah. yeah. And I felt that way for months. Yeah. And I don't think that I began to accept that I wasn't coming back to this person. Um, Probably six months after the accident that I began to kind of digest that. Yeah. I mean, it's a massive thing to digest that you're not who you like this identity of who you thought you were. Isn't the true depth and beauty of yourself. Yeah. And I, and I think it, it kind of correlated to when I started to learn how to run again yeah, or learn how to walk again. Yeah. But I think more of that came from, I like to write a lot and mm. journaling is very cathartic for me. It's a place where I felt like I could be, this is actually where I learned authenticity and what integrity, true integrity means. Um, because I could do it for myself. I could do it on the words on the page. Yep. I could be ugly i could be brutal Mm. i could be honest i could say it all out there on the page Mm -hmm. i could go back and read it i didn't let anyone else go back and read it but if i could do it there i began to start doing that to other people that's beautiful and as soon as i started doing that to other people i started to realize like i'm not the same person Mm -hmm. and that's okay yeah how do the people in your life interact with that or react to that (laughs) yeah it was a stripping of sorts. I'm sure. I've always felt like a lone wolf my entire life. It's something I've struggled with because I think us as humans, like we, especially now, we want to be accepted. We want to be liked, but by everyone. Yeah. And frankly, that's just impossible. It's completely impossible. And it's impossible. Oh, like, yeah. And you know what? I, I don't want to be liked by everyone. No. Mm-mm. it's liberating it's very liberating but what it allows for is the authenticity of self and then you get to have these beautiful genuine relationships with other people yeah because you're no longer playing that fake bullshit game yeah 
of reacting to maybe what their perception of you is or even thinking about their perception of you you just get to be real yeah and i think their perception that's their journey right (laughs) and one of the main conversations i think that i had that was really telling was me finding people who i could tell i could sit across the table with them and be like hey i need to feel shitty today yes i don't need you to tell me that you need to feel thankful that you're even alive. No. I need you to sit there and look me in the eye and just listen to me when I tell you that I wish the accident would have killed me. Yes. Yep. That this is hard, that I don't want to be here right now. And you have a right to say that because you experienced it. And I want to feel sad and shitty and yeah. that this fucking sucks. And when you allow yourself to go to those emotions or you allow those emotions to flow through you, you realize you will not stay there forever. Yes. When you mm-hmm. when you do not push them away or you do not try to just be the positive. When like, you, oh, yeah, yeah I'm, ha- I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not existing as a real human. <laughs> yeah. And but this is this is the thing that I realized the beautiful thing with that is that then it took courage for the person for me. Yep. But and the people that will meet you there. Yes. Yeah. That was it. And that was the thing that I realized is that the people sitting across from me who were able to sit there and listen to me and be there for me. And I'm sad today. I'm just pissed today. Exactly. Hear me and be like, you know what? All right. Uh, like I'm gonna sit here and, and they don't even have to say anything no. but just sit here they don't have to fix it no just let me feel it like rub rub my back like whatever yes. you know they could just let me experience that and be like okay Hill yeah my, you know I'm sorry I'm not even I'm sorry like no you feel sorry. you feel that way today yep. like okay like I hear you I hear you I'm yeah, gonna help that, you yeah yeah you know feel just, that allow a but first by allowing recognizing yep. yeah and then telling you um uh, you know, be you and know that there's this safety net in a way yeah. around. And, and and you should feel it all. And and people, yeah. you know, that that were on that journey with you, they had to learn. Yes. To accept mm-hmm. that you're not going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, oh, the Hillary that I've known for ten years. Um, or whatever. Will this is the crazy thing, Hillary that I've known for ten years would never hear that uttered from anyone's mouth. Mm. It's the few friends that I that I've had yep. that have known me before the accident and yep. after. Yep. It's very few. Yeah. And those are the people that I've that I now have invested in the friendship after the accident they really see me and they really know me yep so it's the it's the stripping and it can be scary because then you're just like oh my gosh I'm alone who am I if I don't have this friend group who am I if I don't have this you know social butterfly network or whatever who am I if I only have like three really good friends (laughs) the richest person in the world exactly (laughs) and it and it's it's so or one of right it's 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 completely liberating in that sense and and yeah the people that i think would have described me as their you know friend oh i know hillary you know like before the accident yeah no yeah i i I have to pause us for just a second as a podcast host We've done a fucking amazing job of foreshadowing. Oh my god, I was to say, dude, I haven't even explained what happened. Oh, oh no. yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, in the podcast with Blair, we, we didn't 
talk about the accident until two hours. Yeah. It was like before it came, but it mentioned it's reference, you know, whatever. And I feel like we're kind of doing that here, but I think it's, I think it's important, yes. especially in the, the mm-hmm. context of, you know, being a professional athlete and then, and, and having an identity involved with a physical activity and, and all of that sort of changing. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to positive roast you here for a second. Yay. So that, oh gosh. I love a good positive roast. So that we know, <laughs> so that we know a little, you know, by way of some numbers and some other shit that, you know, right. who was um yes. <clears throat> diving headfirst down a cliff yeah <laughs> um but so hillary the scientist yes your degree is Neur- yeah neuroscience. neuroscience so i have a so first let's go back i yeah. am, am a super nerd i um <laughs> if i had glasses i'd be pushing them up right now yes. okay perfect um but perfect and if, and if we still used pens you'd have a pocket protector oh, for <laughs> sure and, and, and some different yeah okay. i would know i'd be drinking out of a beaker actually yeah. uh, um, well we do have those here um <laughs> But, so I have a, my yeah. undergrad is in chemistry and like it was more of an emphasis in organic chemistry because I took as many of those classes as I could. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so then I went on to, um, I took a little bit of a break. I uh, worked at like a chemical company for a bit, just for a year, just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do for graduate school. And then I decided to switch gears a bit and I went into, uh, for a, a PhD program, um, for neuroscience and physiology. What and was your interest there? Addiction, actually. Um, I'm because it was more, you know, biochem and organic chem based. That's fascinating. And I've struggled with that kind of, you know, type A personality and like what forces us to really hold on to these ideas or, you know, kind of addictive behaviors or personalities and substances Mm -hmm. for for addiction. Um, And so that was what I was interested in. But I didn't really end up studying that at at all. Um, And mine was more now in, in. so I ended up mastering out. I got a, a master's degree instead of a PhD. Smart decision. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we, we can go into that more. Um, but uh, I realized after, you know, many years of school, 20 years of school, yeah. that the thing that I wanted to be, um, you know, have a doctorate and be a scientist, mm-hmm. um, not be a scientist because I feel like actually uh, graduate school can pound that out of you oh yeah oh, i'm sure so you do you effectively do not become a researcher or a creative thinker you become a monkey <laughs> and i do not want yeah. we're talking about you know like going in reverse and getting younger well i don't want to go back we're like evolve backwards or like you yeah. know so i decided to so master you, you out. mastered out I, which is a phrase i, I love that I, phrase I, no it's actually a phrase uh, i mastered out got yeah. a master's and was like drop the mic fuck you guys yeah. i'm out i'm out, I'm out. master's <laughs> out hello cool jet like seriously literally quote that because i mean yeah yeah so i so i ended up getting a master's in and the more yeah so my project was just a little bit different but so you're um, the second smartest person that sat on that bench. Oh gosh, no. Because our friend Polly was there, and he's an astrophysicist and oh gosh, human he's, performance. He's definitely um, smart. <laughs> he was an astrophysicist before he joined the army. Oh gosh. And then you know, most recently, he had been given this enormous budget to quote, make our guys better, unquote. I'm like, oh. yeah, he's oh, gosh. He, he, he's done a bunch of work in the. Uh, human performance space he's a super ama- really amazing guy but i'd like um, to talk to him yeah, yeah. like physics mm-hmm. amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he's 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 something um and 
I mean, were you physical? Like yeah. an athlete the whole time? Like, so, like your whole life? My whole life, actually. So, I mean... When I was a kid, actually, I wanted, so as a kindergartner, I was like, oh, I'm going to get my PhD in entomology. So I still joke <laughs> that I wanted, my dad is a, like a professor, my mom also, you know, she's a master's degree, she's a parasitologist. So she's like, my very scientific family. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to aspire to something big in academia um, or just science. It was just the, something yeah. that made the world go round. Even today, it's how I see the world. Mm. Like I was just on this big run yesterday in Zion National Park. And you know, like I'm with studying these, some geology. I'm not even kidding you. Like Jared oh, yeah. Campbell and Luke Nelson, legends. Um, you know, I'm trying to like keep up with them as they like scramble up this stuff, and I'm just like, hmm, this rock is a different color than this one. I wonder if it has iron or sulfur in it. And I'm just like looking at the like. I the, hope you said this out loud. I for did. The and, Good. And, Good. and Jared and and Luke were like looking at each other like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it's yeah. like who brought the nerd? I know. Yeah, hell so yeah. yeah. Bring the nerd. I think, yeah. I think Jared's response is like. Uh, I th- and then Luke too is like, uh, I knew you were a nerd, but this is mega nerd status. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like nice. looking yeah. at the different, like the Karens or like the rocks. And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder the lattice structure of this, of, of this rock, because it's, it's a different shape than this one over here. And it's definitely a different color. So it means it has a different chemical component. I like this it, for minerals and like, and it what fractures a- differently. Yeah. yeah. The facets and literally the molecular lattice structure. Yeah. I was telling them chemistry jokes. It was great. Yes, but what a beautiful way for you to explore the world. With, that, but that this is your passion. This is how I see the world. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't see things. I don't think I see things in how other people see that. Like when I see color, I think about it from a chemical perspective. When I see fire, I look at the colors and I think, oh, what is it that's making? the the orange or the yellow or the blue part of the flame. Yes. I think of the chemicals that make that. I li- think of diffusion when I see a sunset. I think. I but just, this is the gift that we have. This is the gift we have to offer one another. We talk about self identity or authenticity, the ability to see the totality of the universe. It's a lot for one person. So if we all see yeah. it differently and we're all passionate, and and I go for a run for, with you, and you are stoked on the science or the rock formations. I get to see my day and my world in a completely different way than if I was only looking through my own lens. And the really funny thing is, if I just knew you from social media, I don't. I would. I wouldn't get mega nerd, right? At all from that. And this is actually this is so funny because this and like I think this would actually this question would maybe drive me crazy five years ago. Yeah. Is how others saw me. Like I needed to know, mm. and now it's just this curiosity. It's like okay. I'm just being my authentic, I'm being my authentic self, like putting myself out there through this lens of my altered ego. Like this is what, okay, this is what I'm supposed to provide for you. Okay, like this is authentically me, but I'm only showing you one side of it. Just a sliver, right? But like, but this is what this channel is made for. So, okay, cool. Like I'm, this, this is it. Like I'm not, I'm not, not being real, but it's not real because it's not the full me. But it's an interesting thing to, to recognize that, okay, Hilly Goat is not Hillary. Absolutely. WFMFT is not Mark Twain. Yeah. Blair Speed's pretty fucking much Blair Speed. I'm Blair Speed. <laughs> like, it's true. Sh- you are not I, hiding a fucking thing. No. Like, honestly, <laughs> I though. No, I yeah. totally. Yeah. And, and that's not to create any sort of a hierarchy no, there or anything. No. But just to, to recognize, like, oh, yeah, I've always 
and not hidden behind, but there's always been a personality that precedes me mm-hmm. into any situation. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, you know. And this is fascinating to me. Because, uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, Good. just so, I mean, when Mariah Craner, you know, coined that term, the Dr. Doom thing. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then I just ran with it because it was a shield. Yeah. I mean, it was fucking, I mean, I could also, Dr. Doom could say shit that Mark Twain was not, you know, yeah. totally maybe ready Uh, i don't know maybe he was Hmm. yeah (laughs) i've fucked myself out of a bunch of relationships but um, (laughs) professional and otherwise by being authentic um (laughs) but but that but that but then it becomes almost advantageous in a way Mm -hmm. to have the alter ego to have this other persona Mm -hmm. that is out there sort of projecting and that person can be a hundred percent as you said hillary true to yourself it's just you're seeing the slice well, and this is, but you have a much bigger audience. And so you have to protect yourself or like learn how to deal with that energy response. I don't have that kind of audience. So me is me is me. I don't have all of these eyes on me. But if you, I, I don't think it would matter. I don't think that like put like a, a few thousand, 10,000, 12,000, 20,000, whatever more yeah. followers in that space where it says, you. you know, they tell you what your value is in the world um yeah and it wouldn't change and it wouldn't change you no i don't i don't feel like um, no. but you're right it, it is it for me it is this it is a preservation of self because i could I, s- I could see it being i could see myself being pulled in all of these different directions yeah. and and being told that oh i have to be this way i have to look this way i have to represent this and i have to only believe this and i told myself no that's the, I actually don't believe all of these things. And so I, I had to find a balance where I could feel like I was still being authentic. And yeah. for me, that's showing one part of me that is hilly goat. I'm 100% mm-hmm. that. What yep. you see on social media, that is 100% me. However, it's, it's like you said, it's only one sliver. And it's, it, it's 100% of the 7% that I consent to show yes. you. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's your yeah. career. It's, you right. know, that's part of mm-hmm. it. And so it's just, and I don't think, and maybe I'll get criticized for that, but you know, for me, you probably, you could get criticized about anything, for anything. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the same that, that that's like the same for anything. But I mean, but for me, it's, it's, it's this, you know, this, this way that I can still hold on to my integrity yeah. and, and choose to show it in a real way, which yeah. is beautiful to get to see. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, but I mean, so, so the, the, physical part of life has been there from the yeah so i mean back to that question i i mean so i've always been a scientist <laughs> but like but i've al- always you been definitely avoided it you're like yeah i was super physical the entire let's time let's talk about rocks was, let's talk about my phd that i decided <laughs> and, and i was gonna diffu- do when i was diffusion five. of light <laughs> yeah but no so, so i've wanted to be a scientist my no, whole you were life actually, you were probably in kin- you're point. so smart you were probably in kindergarten at four you like i was at- definitely there early yeah, yeah for sure my parents were like get this kid out of the house <laughs> um i grad oh yeah it was also because of my birthday but i started i started school early wait when's your birthday August August 26th nice yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh tail end of leo uh it's like on cusp uh, like leo virgo I'm, i think yeah. i'm a virgo but almost a leo okay. something like this. I, or no almost a leo and virgo i don't know so, on the cusp for yeah. sure i definitely have lion tendencies i was just yeah and also i, I love virgin it. tendencies virgo <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, muse <laughs> tendencies? I have no idea like, what they describe her as. So. All of it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, continue. I'm just going to step out for a second and turn the heat down because it's getting kind of <laughs> It's real warm Dude, you have here. two gingers in the room. What do you expect? Yeah, that's accurate. I mean, that's you brought the heat yourselves. That's, that's why it's so warm in here. I, seriously. I know, it did get toasty. But no, I mean, I've always been, yeah. Uh, just an athlete too my whole life completely like I've I've um obviously like being a scientist has been has been formative but um but uh I've always been super active when did you start running I mean I think when when I first started walking like I mean <laughs> I like I grew up ca- in, a, in a family where we would would hike all the time and I, we we grew up in this little like, camper van we go across mm. the, the US and go to all these different national parks I've been to almost all the 50 states just yep. you know on huge same road trips not many people family. have done that yes it's amazing mine was her dog shows I'll admit that oh that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a dog I'm, Big, we're or small. stopping there okay yeah um Okay, I respect that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, don't um, don't ruin our next podcast. <laughs> we dive deep into the world of showing. best in show. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this could be a whole series. Um, but then, but yeah. So I mean, I've always been an athlete, but I think I so I was like, running has been big in my family. My father was a huge runner. Okay. He so he's he's from Britain. Um, mm. I have to tell you this because you live Please. in Bozeman. Yes. He um. You know, he he's this this Brit who had, you know, he's sick of the dreary weather in in England. And he was like, okay, I wanted to experience the West. So he found a connection through his father um, in Bozeman as some lumber lumberman job moved to on a whim. Yeah. You know, and after after undergrad moved Across the across the ocean to Bozeman to work as a lumberman. Across the ocean and across the fucking and across country. the fucking country. <laughs> yeah, go to <laughs> Bozeman, Montana to work as a lumberman, like in a hard place. Oh uh, yes. And he he never went back. He then ended up going to grad school at, at MSU. Oh my goodness. Then he went to North Dakota to start his professorship, and then he was at CSU. That's where he met my mother. That's incredible. Um, so, so, the, State so the spirit of adventure has been within your family. Absolutely. And then not even to mention my mom. My mom's badass. She yeah. was in the Peace Corps for two two years in Nepal yeah. where okay. they had a call from microbiologists. And then that's where she learned how to, she like in the field, her work as a parasitologist. Yep. Um, and what? Well, I'll just say, speaking from personal experience, plenty of parasites to uh, study uh, <laughs> oh, and their relationships yeah. with human beings uh, in that part of the world. That's how she got started. And yeah. so the first thing that she got me when I started trail running was a life straw. Yeah. <laughs> Water filtration system. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so that's it's useful. Um, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, but so, I mean, that, I mean, like I've, I grew up so sports were important but education was first like yeah. both my si- my parents were scientists yep. i knew that i was going to go not only to college yep. i knew i was going to grad school yeah um from the age of 5 yeah and then sports entered the world and from you know when i could walk yeah. i think my first steps were on a trail um and my father was an like a, a huge runner he when he was you know 18 20 he was on the british national team for mm. for the marathon oh, he ran incredible. he's 76 now so 
when he was you know 20 however many years ago that is like you know 56 years ago um he was running a 228 marathon it's world world standard time completely yes definitely it was like a really good time so i mean he would tell me stories of him competing against these germans who were like drugged up and you know he was still doing well and when he was actually at msu in graduate school he was able he he was able to hop on the the running team because he had eligibility yes and he would just you know like working these long hours and then still win these races and like these 5k 10k races and You know, it was, and then, he, but he, you know, he was doing it for the fun of it, for the love of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and not for the, difference. not for the fame. And yeah. so he could walk away from it or pick it up whenever he wanted to. Yeah. Um, and so, so running was in my family. So every, I was, I remember I was in these like cruise cruisers, like this is my elementary school or we'd run five K's or, you know, the Turkey trot for Thanksgiving where I love that you just refer to it as cruisers. No. So this is like the mascot. My elementary school was cruise elementary. So oh, cruise so cruisers. cruisers. I thought this I'm was like just cruisers. a chill run. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Oh, I love that term. Yeah. yeah. The cruise cruisers. I love doing a cruiser. Hillary in a bull cut. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't put my hair up just like running with the bull cut yes. my sister had a matching haircut but she was faster and is she a ginger no she's okay. not a ginger um but so we would enter the, you know the turkey trot 5ks and like depending we're like 20 months apart so depending on like what year it was or what month like you yeah. know like she would win the age group um or and i would get second or if we were in di- different age groups she would we would both win a turkey yes <laughs> then my mom had we had like a really big thanksgiving dinner i was gonna say you've um, got to have a big old oven yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so then my, my sister actually she took to running um she was the runner she was like a knockout star in um for 5k in high school like yep. really fast like sub 18 minutes yep. for a 5k as a high schooler which yep. is which is really good it's really good and i took to more of like the ball sports yeah. and i Oh, hell yeah. Sports. Yeah. Sports ball. <laughs> and uh, I had coordination, which my sister did not <laughs> and still does like? not. Yeah. yeah. So I I mean, and I was such a tomboy. <laughs> I was so, I mean, I, 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 I use that term. I'm not offended by it, but um, the fuck. Anyways. We um, might have just gotten canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Allen gets nonprofit canceled <laughs> on a tomboy <laughs> comment. <laughs> I mean, uh, hold on. Well, let's see what else happens in this podcast. Yeah, is all yeah. I have to say, um, I might cancel myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like I was super, super tomboy, very competitive. And so, you know, I wanted to play all the sports. I wanted to beat the boys. So I would play flag football. I would play oh, yeah. soccer. I would play everything. I mean, hell, even in college, I had a stint playing rugby. Like what? And no, no one, I'm not surprised by this. None of this is surprising. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just kind I was of surprised because like, I could have gotten like really hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. Those ladies yeah. are big. <laughs> oh, but you just end up like Josh Tyler, who we were talking to earlier. <laughs> he's, I don't know how many concussions that guy's had. Yeah. Oh, I had a lot seems, of. But he's fine. Oh, I've had a lot of concussions when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think <laughs> that you've had some pretty intense I, yeah, well, we're getting we're getting to that but yeah. um trying i know but like but so my my i i was more of like a like a ball sports yeah. person sports ball sports ball. Sports, ball. Like, sports ball go ball. team <laughs> yeah i know and then uh which is funny because go team whose name is now no longer your name right and and i'll get us canceled go but, ahead but keep it was, going but it's also <laughs> strange because you know usually with ball sports you have to play on a team but i was also still like pretty individualistic so i settled on tennis tennis had like the mm. strategy and the head game but i could i was good enough to be able and athletic enough to be mm-hmm. able to play singles and so i did that 
I started playing in ninth grade and I practiced and worked super hard and I actually got a scholarship to play tennis in college. Yep. Whoa. And so that's what I played in college. Yeah. And then so then I was playing tennis, majoring in chemistry, had my hopes on graduate school. I was thinking I was gonna do the whole like organic chemistry graduate school road. And then I kind of, you know, as as people do experience some you know, just get into some dark shit in college. Um, I had more of a kind of a self-awakening. What do you um, mean? I struggled with an eating disorder in college. Sure. And it's really common, especially yeah, on of a course. tennis. Like, I yes. came into it strong, confident in my body. Yep. And... Little comments every day. Little comments playing in a sport where you have to wear a fucking skirt. Yeah, completely. I was the one who would show up in a cutoff shirt, like, like shorts and just want to play yep. and now we were on a place where these women wanted to play in dresses yep. and ironically now i'm in a sport called trail running where they now want to wear skirts and dresses to run and i'm like no <laughs> like not only no but fuck no <laughs> i am not running in that you expect me to win like what yeah also now, this now, this now is hang on let me just time out for one second i can just be, be the dude in the room go march white um <laughs> so, bozeman <laughs> if you know you're gonna run through the winter oh my god yes you there is a an option over your tights you can wear a down skirt I do that. And I've seen okay, it. But also, I would and say that's smart because my butt gets cold. <laughs> exactly. You don't realize how cold your ass gets until you put on a down skirt. Oh, it's um, a guy should run in it too. Guys should, yeah. Well, guys, ice climb, they put on down skirts when they're bling. Yeah, I mean, I used to have oh. a pair of polar guard shorts. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, or knickers. Yeah, for sure. Like, you could run in those, yeah. like, yeah. down pants. But also, yeah. this is also, like, a comment to, you know, tennis, but also like, now running. It's like, so now the pressure is I'm supposed to look cute when I run? Yeah. Yeah. I'm competing. I'm running. This is hard work. And yes. now you want me to look cute. Yes. What is this? Yeah, we want to sell more shit. Is and what that's exactly we as manufacturers. It's part of it. That's exactly I mean, it. Yep. But then it's like it's putting you in this box. And that we're if, running out of shorts to sell. I mean, everybody's yeah. got all the shorts they need so and all the tights they need. And so we can do and skirts and dresses. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a bit, so um, I was maybe going to get to this a little bit later, but uh, when you started like down the, the ultra running path mm -hmm. um <laughs> not a lot of women at the time no so this is actually so we'll we'll skip over this stuff is like when i so i, I did the collegiate thing it was kind yeah. of not healthy for me for to be around that yeah. kind of the toxicity for women who really weren't confident in themselves and then like spraying it outward to someone else who was which who, happens. I, you know, I learned that I was like, I came into the the world thinking that, oh my gosh, I'm confident in my body. I yeah. like how my body looks. And then like being like, oh, but like this strong is, you shouldn't look this way. You need to look a different way. And then performance would decline. Anyways, I got, I got out of that. I still love tennis. And I took that kind of gap year between undergraduate and graduate school. And, um, I was still playing tennis, but it was just becoming harder. And when I entered graduate school, it was just, you work really hard. You have limited hours. Yeah. And so I was looking for this outlet. Yeah. And I happened to find. <laughs> <laughs> A beer just appeared through the, <laughs> the door. Yeah. I happened to find um, this running group. I happened to find this running group with uh, this woman, Janie Day, who is a legend. Okay. Um, she, so, so this running group, 
not only did they meet at 5 a.m., yeah. 5.30, yeah. three days a week to run, they were lady, uh, ladies in the early 50s. Hell yeah. So yeah. it was- They have a, it, seen some shit. They have seen some shit. They were all like, you know, Olympic trial marathoners, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. run professionally in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to find them randomly. They were like living near my, they were oh, within running beautiful. distance from my house. Yep. It was perfect because I could run before I had to be in lab. Yep. And I was like, hey, I'm going to try out this running stuff because I have done this in the past. Like yep. I can run. I have endurance from tennis. Yep. And I was like, but this is efficient with my time. Yep. And I don't have to worry about playing with other people, paying for court time, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and so I went and I started running with these ladies and it was just amazing. We instantly clicked. They weren't worried. Was this around Port Collins? This is in Denver. Sorry. I was in, I was in school, um, University of Colorado, Denver. Okay. So the Antutes Medical Campus, it's, um, the, yeah, just the, the, the CU Denver campus that's associated with the, the med school. Yeah. Okay. And so I was in Denver at the time. Um, I had moved back. I was in Iowa for, for undergraduate, um, for different. my tennis scholar. <laughs> That's oh yeah. A nice way of putting it. <laughs> totally different. Was really happy to get the hell out of there. Love the Iowa people. Yes. Hate Iowa. Hate yeah. the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and so I started running with this running club and it was so great because they didn't care about paces. They just mm-hmm. wanted you to run. They just cared about running. They loved it. It was part it. of their routine. They, these ladies have been doing it for like thirty years. Yeah. The same running group. Like they've seen each other through injuries, the stories they had. And Janie Day is just the most, it's hard to put into words this woman. She is the sole breadwinner. She breaks She breaks every single mold that you would think of when you think of a 50-year-old woman. Like growing up in her generation, like yeah. my mom's generation. Yeah. This was the generation of women who were told that they couldn't do sports in high school because their uterus would fall out. Yeah, exactly. Or they're ripped off of the field. Yeah. 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 This is that same generation. My mom, who's 66, 65, her... She, it was her first year in high school that she would... Women were actually allowed to join the track team. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is of the same generation. And so, and she's like breaking barriers. She's the sole breadwinner Isn't of this her. this country amazing? Yes. Enjoy your freedom. <laughs> fucking no, enjoy fuck your it. freedom. Yeah. Enjoy all of the fantastic opportunities that are available but, be, be in this place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But more opportunities are happening. Oh. Yeah. Y- y- for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, 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 I hope my sarcasm and facetiousness was clear yeah because <laughs> because it is absolutely like if you think about that yeah that, that the first year that women were actually permitted to you know uh, to you know on the on the track team mm-hmm. but also to play certain other sports that were not just you know it's like well we got hockey yeah. but you're gonna have to play field hockey because you're girls right and, you know, and and then and also skirts, well and know. then but yeah then take take Janie and 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 Pat Wasik and and Nancy Bright like these people that I was running with um they were still of that they could be professional athletes but Janie's an engineer she couldn't choose you know so she had to, she had to balance both mm-hmm. and so she still wasn't given the same opportunities to be a full professional athlete to yes. be paid to be compensated for her time yeah so i felt extremely honored to be kind of you know to learn from her but then she's she's incredible because not only was she you know the sole breadwinner of her family like her her husband stays at home with the kids 
takes care of that whole thing, completely breaks all these gender norms, yet she's doing that and he's supporting her on her long runs and rides. And now she's, you know, 50 years old and not just running, but also doing like competing like really at a high level for triathlon. And just last year, she donated her freaking kidney as she was donate like inducted into the Colorado State Hall of Fame for running. And this woman is just incredible. And she has this, I learned resilience from Janie because mm. she's experienced so many different injuries and setbacks and she keeps on pursuing it just because it means something to her. And this lifestyle of sport makes her the best version of herself. And she will not, she will not sacrifice that for anyone or anything. And this is who I learned to run from. Mm. And this woman, she happened to be one of the best trail runners out there in the 80s she set records on the pikes peak ascent the mount washington ascent that held for decades mm -hmm. and it, it's these just these iconic these iconic trail races and she's the one that trained me for my first marathon she's the one that introduced me to the concept of trail running which i'd grown up in the rocky yeah. mountains in colorado been hiking and camping all over the state all over the u.s and i had no idea that trail running was even a thing and to go to your point, Mark, that the American, like America is great. I knew nothing about trail running. This was 2011, 2012 when I started running. Yeah. And look at me now. Yeah. Yeah. Like by 2015, I had signed a contract with the North Face. Yeah. Yeah. And I was racing around the world, around the U.S., giving these opportunities. Oh, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, I mean that the the her story. It's beautiful. It's and, really beautiful. And, and then that to 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 encounter a mentor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who was basically, um, you know, fuck you, don't do what they tell you. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yes. Like. I can, you have all of this, mm -hmm. you know, available, the world, as long as you don't let them take it from yes. you. And believe me, they will. They'll try. And they've tried with with Janie because still she had to, I mean, she never, I don't think was resentful or anything. You know, she's always up to, she always, you know, had a happy attitude, a positive attitude. Mm -hmm even in all of the the faces of you know people trying to take cut her down or take yeah. or tell her what she was doing was different especially because she broke so much norm right yeah. and like i said i learned that concept of resilience and what it meant to 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 keep on picking yourself back up and not only become resilient but become this concept of like anti-fragile so stronger in spite of the setbacks that you've encountered and but also, I think that part of the, to me, part of the anti-fragile thing is to like to embrace and try to grow or develop the, you know, all of the strength that you already have in you. Mm -hmm. that, that that as we, you know, just referenced, that they will try to take away. Yeah. And for you to come, like, get out of a, you know, a situation of sort of weird social bullshit that results in, you know, yeah. sort of disordered eating ah. and confidence ruined. Yes. And then to, to like, and arrive Jamie. in this sport <sighs> guided by someone who's just like. This yeah. is, and this is what I loved about Janie, too. 
like Janie is from Iowa, ironically. Good. So like corn fed Iowa girl. But like Janie and she loved to eat. And it was like, and that's why she was strong. And like, and it was one of the most restorative and just fulfilling and nourishing portions Mm. of that whole recovery because I don't like from an eating disorder, it takes years and a lifetime to recover from. Oh, And when I discovered running, it was just that, that rep repair that I needed. And specifically with Janie, because she was a living, breathing example of what it meant to not only take care of yourself physically from a health point of view, from running and training, but also from recovery, eating correctly, eating well, eating sufficiently, eating enough sometimes overeating just because it tastes good yeah you know it's it's like that's kind of part of it this whole balance Janie taught me what it means to be authentic what overeating (laughs) what this is this is heresy yeah Yeah. (laughs) no i mean i mean no key yeah exactly (laughs) yeah you'll never ever be as full as you are when you eat too much after you eat too much gnocchi because exactly. it was so fucking good. Exactly. <laughs> Seems to just well, this yeah. person, I mean, she was meant to be your mentor in so many ways. Yeah. Before you met her and after that experience, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I mean, so again, like when we when we get to this this accident, yeah. During my recovery. I mean, I I went back to Janie, mm, yes. and we did some we did some trainings together. Mm. We could just you know we could like learn from each other. I could learn from her. I have so much to learn from this woman. Mm-hmm. But and she was learning through you too in that time. I I mean I would like to think so. I think that I mean every relationship. I mean it's like a conversation. It is back and forth. It's back and forth. Yeah. It's just like reading a good book. It's yeah. a conversation with the author, and yes. every time you read it, you have a different perspective that yeah. you can take. Yeah. And that's the same thing with relationships over time, and 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 at, you know different points in life. But I really do think that, like you said, it's you know discovering what strength looks like. She was mm. a perfect example of that. Yes. And she was a perfect example. And I think that was one of the first examples and realizations that I had that, okay, setbacks are actually opportunities to discover these these points within yourself that you think are weak, but really they might be hidden strengths. Mm-hmm. Or the points in yourself which are strong, but you didn't know you had them. Yeah, but they you, hadn't they hadn't been tested. Yes, yet, or sh- and, and and if they're not tested, you don't see it. Yeah, yeah but you had them all along. Yeah, and I think this is what this is what I go back to with integrity is that if we allow ourselves to exist in only one dimension or only one definition, we're missing out on all of these strengths oh. that we have. Oh, we're missing out on uh, you word it per- the human experience. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, if we exist in one dimension or we don't let our emotions flow through us or or we- let others define us. Yes. Then how are we supposed to uncover the depths that we have within ourselves? Within. Through challenges yeah. and because first of all, we just if we think we don't have it or we think that Others won't allow that within us. Or we have to do X, Y, and Z to get there. Yeah. Or that it doesn't fit within this curated box. Yeah. Then how are we supposed to uncover it and discover Mm -hmm. it? Because you just, you know, you'll never get out of the kid swimming pool. Yeah. 
And the kids keep peeing in it. It's a little yellow. You can get in the adult pool and the adults keep peeing in it. (laughs) (laughs) So you started running in 2012. Uh, Yeah, 2000. Yeah, I think it was 2011. End of 2011. Yeah. Okay. So it didn't take long. I'm going to try and push this conversation on. All right. To become uh, 2014 U.S. Skyrunning Ultra Champion. Yeah. When I then people are like, "What's sky running? That sounds weird." I when I and, yeah. and so there's, for sure there's a definition. My own and when I think sky run, when if I hear the term sky runner, first I think Matt Carpenter. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then obviously then there's um, our Catalonian friend these days, but <laughs> that's pretty much that's sort of and and so I don't know, but they're they're basically longer trail races generally over you know more technical terrain than i mean i don't know help me with the definition so yeah so sky running okay so trail running first let's start basic so trail running is just basically anyone who wants to get off of road yeah and so trail running can be anything from Mm -hmm. just a crushed dirt path running next to the road where the dirt is maybe maybe yeah maybe i guess i would say that yeah but like you know just just, so trail runners anything that's off-road yeah okay and then from there you have a huge amount of variation because of the terrain right sure but so then from there it's usually like ultra runners are trail runners because you can run long distances longer than a marathon on trail yeah um but even an ultra marathon you know you could still be a trail runner and run distances under a marathon like that's sure. where like oh, yeah. mountain yeah. running yep. comes into point where you yeah. just like a 20 kilometer race where you run. This is common in Europe. You run up yeah. and down the mountain and it's pretty super technical. Yeah. And this is also to like a type of sky running. So sky running technically is just more technical terrain. It's it's more mountainous terrain. Yeah. It's not flat. In fact, it's <laughs> far from flat. far from flat. <laughs> it's steep. It's technical yeah. mountainous terrain. And within sky running, you can have a short distance, like, you know, 20 kilometer distance, 20 to 25. Okay. Or you can have the ultra distance, uh, marathon distance, right? So 42 kilometers. Yeah. Or ultra distance, which is, you know, starts at 50K, so mm-hmm. about 31 miles mm-hmm. to 80 kilometers, which is like about 50 miles. Then 100K, 100 kilometers, which is about, you know, 60. So, so something like Mount Marathon in alaska yeah this is a, this is sky it, running this is a sky running race for despite sure despite how short it is it's for a 5k the, race yeah mm-hmm. because you're running yeah. straight up and down a mountain <laughs> no it's shit. super steep super techie yeah that is definitely sky running and okay. sky running it's ter- the term got started in europe because you can start from the sea yeah and go to the sky mm. so it's just these iconic coastal mountain ranges that start at low altitudes you know yeah. and, i mean it's different from in colorado or salt lake city where they start at four thousand. Yeah. you know 5,000 feet and rise up or Colorado even higher. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's different. But sky running is more just you take the most direct route to the top of the summit mm-hmm. and go back down. And so I got my start in these types of races, um, first in the U.S. And then there's obviously more of them in Europe. Oh, yeah. And so then I got bumped onto the world scene after winning the U.S. sky running series. Yes. The ultra division, which was, you know, so 50 kilometer races, which would have anywhere between Minimum of 11,000 feet to 13,000 feet of gain and elevation. Then you'd have to run down that too. Yeah. Pretty technical, technical stuff. Like there's a race in Big Sky, Montana um, that run the rut. Yep. 
iconic sky running race. Yeah. Speed goat yep. outside of, you know, up big cottonwood Canyon. Yeah. Um, Snowbird, so up so at up Mount Baldy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so Little Cotton Little, Kenny. Yeah, whatever. They're, they come together uh, near <laughs> near the top. Yeah. Uh, you can see the canyons from the top. Um, yeah, exactly. It's a speed goat, um, a Flagstaff Sky Race. So these these types of these types of races. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's where my nickname got like coined. <laughs> and which is okay. Tell somebody. Oh yeah, it was an ex boyfriend who did it. <laughs> <laughs> who gave me the nickname and you kept it because it's cool because it's, it's good good nickname so actually oh. so this is it's really funny so like this is when i was first getting into trail running this yeah. was in 2014 where i met this guy on a trail because i was doing my own thing and ran into him and of course he was one of these ones who i didn't see it then but like you know it was like oh yeah i run 100 mile races blah 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 and i'm like oh cool like and then we you know we we kicked it off and it was great but then our first like you know I did these iconic trail runs in Boulder up Bear Mountain and Green Green Mountain. Yeah. And, you know, these are iconic peaks and they're tough. Yeah. And um, I remember going on these things. And I was like, okay, well, if I get tired or whatever, I'll just stop or I'll just like be in the back. And I passed all the guys going up or I was like right with them. And they're like, and he's like, oh man, you're like a goat going up hills. I'm going to call you the hilly goat. And <laughs> you're like, metal yeah exactly i was like yes alter ego is discovered um and and then uh, turn on cloven hoof power seriously engage red eyes um but uh totally and then i was talking about you know oh people will try to take things from you you know Mm. like with with janie Mm -hmm. this guy was definitely one of them and as soon as i was starting to have success in ultra running Um, cause he had been doing it for longer. Um, he immediately got self conscious about it, told me to not sign with the North face. Didn't show up for my, for the final race where I won the world, the, the U S sky running series in 2014. Cool, cool. Didn't show up because his ego was hurt that his girlfriend was getting more attention instead of celebrating it. No, no, hang on. Yeah. He's not French, is he? <laughs> that is a good question. No. That, okay. That would really. Shit. So it's kind of universal. That would be a perfect I mean, stereotype. his name was John. So it's like, you know, the Jean. Jean. Yeah. Jean. <laughs> yeah. Jean whatever. Like, I don't want to be friends with you. Um, but any, you know. Yeah. So he. Uh, so I kept the nickname and ditched him because I quickly realized Smart that. woman. I'm not going to let that insecurity dictate. Oh, no. hell no. My life. No. And the whole... <laughs> I mean, if this is the only good thing that came out of this relationship, yeah. well, fucking that, A. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hilly goat and an extra fire. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, and then, you know, the world kind of opened up from then. So then after the U.S. Skyrunning Series, I was propelled onto the World Skyrunning Series because the prize, one of the prizes for winning the U.S. Skyrunning Series was I got to choose a European Skyrunning Series race, a World Skyrunning Series yeah. race to compete in. That's nice. Sweet. Like all expenses paid. That's awesome. And this is before I had any sponsors. Yep. That's awesome. So, so it's a big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. So that's I got incredible. to go to Europe and compete on the world stage. Yep. And yeah. this is actually what kicked me off into more of uh, global athlete status yeah. was I um 
I went to Chamonix because mm-hmm. it's, you know, the birthplace of alpinism, apparently. Yeah. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the Alps are just iconic. And Chamonix is iconic. And I've always wanted to go there. And I ran. And there's some great fucking running. Oh, there is really great running. <laughs> I ran yeah. the Mont Blanc 80K. Okay. Um, which is just, it's it's just this incredible like circumnav basically yeah. of, of, of Chamonix the of the valley. Yeah. You actually go into Switzerland for a little bit. It's yeah. just, it's beautiful trails, brutal. It's, you know, just I super steep. that one year, a long, long, but a long, oh, long man. before your time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was in 2015 and, and normally Americans don't do very well yeah. because yeah. of the jet lag, the travel, yep. the difference in terrain because we don't have anything really that steep to train on. Yes. Even in Boulder. I yep. mean, yeah. here you definitely do. In Boulder, you can find it too. But, um, I got third place. Hell yeah. And wow. like my first international race. Yep. <laughs> and it was close. Um, yeah. So nice. it was, yeah, like it was. And so from then I was like, wow, you know. I guess I might be able to do, do this. this. Oh, and this is actually. Guess, I guess Jean was yes. uh, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for the nickname. Yeah. I know. See you never. See you never. <laughs> and, um, but then the other, the other, uh, yeah, the the other uh, just benefit from all of this was just this is right at the time when I was discovering that I didn't want to pursue science as a career. Yeah. The way that my parents had before, the yeah. way yeah. that, you know, they wanted me to, you know, as like said monkey, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, pounding out the creativity in me. Um, and so it was right around this time in 2015 where I made the decision that I wanted to defend my master's and get out of graduate school and take a chance on on this other thing on this other thing yeah giving me pretty good feedback right now and of course me because i can't just do one thing (laughs) i had to do another job and so i i I was using my master's degree i taught uh, chemistry biology anatomy and physiology at a small uh, community college like during the school year and then i got the summers off so then as soon as i did that put my stuff in storage, moved to Europe. And I was been doing that every summer since 2015. Beautiful. Until last year when I was stuck. When you stayed for a little longer. (laughs) When When you you stayed for a little longer. Stayed for a little bit. So along the way, and I'm just going to go in. um, So does your course record at the Speed Goat still stand? I don't I actually don't think so. Um, okay. But it stood for a few years. I mean, but actually the course itself has changed. It has changed, so they can't. So it's, it's a hard question yeah. to answer. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Beautiful. I like that. So Thanks, that was, Carl. That's 2015. Um, <laughs> what is... Uh, what's the, the... Okay, the Cirque series is the other... Yeah, that's the, another one. And that can actually... I think those include some shorter distance races too, but it's kind of uh, the same... It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a similar idea yes, for sure. but shorter shorter mountain running distances. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then uh, U.S. Sky... So you, you were the U.S. Sky Running uh, Ultra Champion in 2014, again 2015. Course record on the uh, North Face sponsored Cortina Trail that hmm. was in 2016. Third place... Ultra Sky Running World Series in 2016, U.S. Mountain <laughs> Running Team 2016. I'm just reading off the, <laughs> you know, the like resume. It. I guess because people are like, "Well, who's this girl that's coming in?" I'm like, "Here, just read this." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I can't say it's just, this is not who she is. <laughs> but, but it's a part. But it's a part, and it gives yes, some basis for. Big time. So, um, 
Transvolcania third place in 2017 course record for the Madeira Sky Race mm. Madeira mm-hmm. um, Sky Race in 2017 second in the World Sky Running Ultra Rankings in 2017 <gasps> this and then last a- race of the season right <laughs> I mean obviously it was the last but was it the last on the schedule <laughs> so this is really funny so 2017 has it, are we going into it? Yeah, yeah let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's, all right. All right. Let's, so, I mean, 20... hour and 38 minutes in. Oh, gosh. Foreshadowed the fuck out of this. Damn. Let's do it. Already that long? Yeah. Um, so. Um, That's what happens in here. <laughs> time warp. Time dilation. So, yeah. 20. Yeah. So, 2017. So, I was um, actually winning the World Skyrunning Series. Mm-hmm. It was my, I was working my way up, you know like fifth my first year that year in 2015 and then like i was moving my way up third and then i was winning it and i wanted to do this iconic race in norway that was on my schedule it's you know that catalan man (laughs) killing journey and (laughs) (laughs) emily forsberg they were race directors of it they designed the course in tromso norway and i had never been to norway i love to use running as a means to explore new places oh yeah learn about new cultures Never been to Norway. I was like, this is it. I'm going to go here and I'm going to have the best time. And it was kind of a victory lap. If I did well in this race, it was kind of an, it was a different category. It was like more coined this extreme sky race because it's pretty techie and pretty steep. Okay. Um, and so a poor, so it's still part of the series, but it's yeah. like a, like a kind of a bonus special event. Yeah. yeah. And so if a poor performance at this race did nothing to my performance. In fact, I had one more race after that. Um, to like go for broke to go for the win for the okay the the world skyrunning series title and that was actually around the rut oh, yeah but yep. before then i wanted to do tremso yep and so it was at this race and it's it's iconic it's like a 57 kilometer race you go up over two peaks from outside of tremso norway humper um so wait one's hump rumstalsten and the other one is humper rock and ridge yeah and this is the type of mountain running that I love. Yeah. It's like third class, you know, fourth class. Sometimes you have to just work your way. Yep. It's nothing It's nothing crazy. Yep. I mean, I'm not running, you yep. know, you're moving fast. Yep. But, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I was a pretty am, like a pretty cautious, yep. you know, I make smart decisions. I'll move fast. I know how to move efficiently and fast over this of kind course. of terrain. So that's kind of what I was going for. But, I mean, Norway, you know, it's it can be pretty wet. Um, and I was, Moss right. Grows, <laughs> yes. Um, it rains a lot. Yeah. And I was on this ridge and I remember kind of moving into third place. I was feeling strong. I was feeling good. Yep. And uphills are my thing. Yep. And so I was like the, the rate, the course is beautiful. It was like the, f- the first year mm. that it was actually clear sky that you could see. Mm. It was insane. <sighs> and I was on this ridge and I remember seeing my photographer friend yeah. yelling to him and him like, Hillary, you're looking great. Like smile for me around this corner. And I never made it around the corner. And the next thing I remember is the horizon was upside down that before I even had a chance to react. But you know, when you, you, when you feel like you're about to trip, you feel yourself like, oh, like catch yourself and like brace. That you didn't couldn't. even happen. I was just in the air. Yeah. And it was the weird, I, I remember, I remember hearing my own voice as if time had slowed down and I was watching myself. I bet. 
I remember hearing my own voice saying, Hillary, this is it. You're dying. And it was just, it was calm. It was logical. This is the moment I realized I'm very calm in a crisis. Yeah. And I think I just, I took a deep breath. I relaxed and I literally like braced myself for impact. Yeah. And that was on repeat until I think I passed out yeah. or I stopped falling. Yeah. Um, but it was, I, I remember the sensation of, I'd never broken a bone yeah. in my life. And I remember the feeling and the sound of me hitting the rocks, bones breaking. I remember, I don't remember the pain. I just remember the sensation of the wind getting knocked out of me, like people kicking me in the chest or like something, just a ton of pressure on my chest. And then I remember the whole process repeating again, my voice watching myself in the air, telling me to stay calm and that I was dying. And then I'd hit the ground again. And that until... Because um, it's like 150 plus feet. So that's what it ended up before being. Before you stopped. Right. And maybe like five or six impacts. Impact on the way to that. Mm-hmm. So kind of like tomahawking down a hill. And this is a place where you're not supposed to fall. I mean, <sighs> it's 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 rock. Yeah. Norwegian granite, yeah. you know. And... I mean, I have the scars on my legs to prove it all over my body, in fact. And um, uh, the next thing I remember, I do remember waking up and there was someone's face next to mine. Good. Um, And I remember him. He was this man that we were exchanging kind of hellos through the race. Like I'd pass him on the uphills and he'd pass me on the downhills. Yeah. And somehow he was right behind me and he had seen it happen. Mm. His name is Manu Par. Mm. And he had been miraculously trained in search and rescue and was a good climber. And he had scrambled down the technical part to find me. Of course. And he thought that when he found me, he didn't even, I asked him this after the fact. Of course. He didn't even check for vitals. Yeah. He, when he said he saw me, the way that my body was contorted, he... It's like it's a recovery. This is not a he thought it. He yeah. thought I was dead. Yeah. And it wasn't until that he was by me and moving me away from the ledge and from the snow so that I wouldn't fall further yeah. that he felt my chest rise yeah. or he felt my heart beating. Yeah. And then that's where it became kind of a recovery, a recovery situation. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. I'll cry again now. Yeah. It's going to make me cry. Yeah. Good. (laughs) 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 Because... So they got you out. Yeah. Um, and not I mean, easily. <laughs> not easily. And we cry because we know how easy it could have been to be the other way. And yet we get to sit here with you today. Exactly. And, and this is why we cry. This is why I cry because I know how 
lucky I am to be sitting here. And with everything that we started this conversation with, those things don't matter. Fuck Fuck at all. At all. And we think that they do. Yes. And I'm, and this is why I hold on to something like integrity because something happened on that mountainside of that course i can't explain yeah i can't explain to you why i'm here why it wasn't worse and it was bad it was very bad but there was something that was either awakened or shaken in me and i go back to that it's the integrity that that wasn't taken from me mm. And that all of the scars and all of that stuff that happened to me, all of the injuries, it was just an opportunity for me to discover. But you held your core. Yeah. And and just, and even like to say that the, the day before yesterday when you went out with Jared and Luke <laughs> and you could do that and there's like, and that's a, you know, I can't. Imagine what goes, what's in your head while you do it. But the fact that you, that you do it, that you did recover it, that you were able to recover. And this is, I don't know, I think we talked once and it's like five or six surgeries and it's, mm-hmm. um, it's a journey and you know, to, to, to get back from that and the, 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 the injuries and the, you know, the, all of the advice or the people declaring, you know, what is possible for you in the future right. and you basically disobeying, um, but <laughs> Which so, I do very well, <laughs> well, fiercely independent and all that, but, um, <laughs> but then but like to, 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 so day before yesterday, you're out doing this, you know, similar technical terrain, more technical, it sounds like than in that race. And, I, yeah. I look at that and I just go, well, this was not a fucking, you know, this, yes, you were earning, you know, a living. It was a career while you, you know, you're competing at the highest levels, but it, you weren't doing it because it was your career. You clearly do it because you fucking love it yeah. or you couldn't have come. You couldn't have come back. You would not have recovered mm-hmm. and you certainly wouldn't have been down in Zion with those guys, you know, on the weekend. Yeah. Like, and, and the, the power of, Loving something, activity, and a lifestyle that's so much mm. that it carries you through mm. an experience like that is—it's—it's it's extraordinary, and I think you know quite limited to human beings. Well, and that's yeah. like as I sit here and I get to sit with both of you, and I think about what you have both experienced, and we talk about integrity. Uh, but an equal match to that is the passion that you live your life with. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that comes through. The integrity is there every day, but this passion for experience or this passion to delve internally or to pull out that depth of self and to experience these different things that shows through just as much. And I think that that was the opportunity is to have all of that stripped away to you know be running at my peak one day and have it all stripped away and being in the hospital for two weeks in norway running at your peak and then having it change in one second one second it's not like a day it's like okay it went from this to yeah 
And I mean, not, you know, from, you know, Manu getting me and thinking that I was dead to it being a helicopter rescue situation to all these surgeries to repair bones and ligaments and, and. Because the inventory of injury, like the things that, you know, some ribs. Yeah. Basically 14 bones, including my back, ribs, both arms, both feet, you know, lacerations everywhere two severely twisted ankles a popped ligament in my foot um like a a career ending injury and the fact that manu like when he found you and thought it was a recovery like you treat yeah if it's a recovery you treat it differently yeah like because first thing on the scene, man, you clear the spine. Because if you move, like, if, mm. if it's a rescue, like, if you had shown, you know, vital signs before he, you know, saw that, then you'd be, you behave differently. It's just like, all right, we need to make sure that we can actually move her out of harm's way here. Mm-hmm. Or do we just need to, like, leave her be yeah. until yeah. we get the board and a couple more people and, you know, all of those issues. But, like which is which is also fucking remarkable mm-hmm. because one like yeah one millimeter travel too far mm-hmm. of a vertebrae yeah. and and then the then the doctors are fucking right yeah and it's a it's, and I so you're you're I'll, here for something <laughs> yeah young lady big time <laughs> and <laughs> I know still... I'm I'm trying to figure out what that is and you're doing it it's um yeah I mean. Every time I tell that story, it's it's just so incredibly humbling. And it just reminds me, I mean, like I said, of what, you know, what really matters. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, what, why we're doing the work or what the work really is. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's finding oneself and finding what the people that really matter and who you want to show that too and you know just what yeah I mean running is just running yeah and through nearly dying and and through nearly dying and (laughs) and doing something that I loved so much I got to experience that not only is running just running I also love it yeah i love the process i love the rawness i love what it brings out in me i love that this simple movement allows me to be the best version of myself i i love the raw honest hard work and the devotion to a passion and to doing something not because others say that you should, yeah. but doing something just because I want to do it mm-hmm. and because it means something to me mm-hmm. and that I want to figure out if I can do it or not. And then the beautiful aspect of expressing that <laughs> desire, mm-hmm. and some people would say selfishness, and I... And okay. completely neutral, <laughs> tending, trending towards positive in my relationship with that particular word. Yeah. Um, because when you do those things and you do learn yourself and you do learn to trust and to love yourself, yeah. 
then what you can share with others it's tremendous and help them and we were we talked and maybe we weren't recording you know before but of every time that you share that love and the lessons learned mm -hmm. from doing that thing with someone else and you give them permission to yes. maybe disregard what other people say and go and do that thing themselves or maybe it's the thing that you know man uh they got super emotional about that thing and they don't seem to be you know they actually seem to be greater human beings because of yes. that and so maybe that's the path i should take instead of suppressing it maybe yes. i can share it and i saw yeah. blair do it here at this you know symposium in t 2019 um, which is two and a half months after Trav's accident of you just showing yourself and that giving other people permission. And maybe that's, you know, it, maybe that is really the, the true beauty of running is you being able to share a key with others that can, you know, help them unlock their own shit. Oh, back and forth. And like, mm. I mean, those experiences, like, I very much wanted to hear about Hillary's experience, having been able to spend a short amount of time with her and knowing that she had been through something so tremendous and that many of us will not experience that within our lives. To be confronted with such fear and an imminent death through falling and something so uncontrollable and because my husband died in this way, I wanted deeply to hear about Hillary's experience. And to be able to sit with her in this room here or in different rooms or on the trail tomorrow and hear about her journey from that initial experience of falling and landing and having to learn to walk again and, and what we talked about before we started recording, and I said that I had not experienced something like that. And, and, and there is truth in the fact that I have not fallen off of a mountain, but part of me has. Mm -hmm. And in the way that she describes it, for me, a person intimately connected with somebody who fell from a mountain and did not survive. Hillary's experience of so abruptly confronting what is of worth and value in life which is her deepest self is the gift that Travis gave me in this experience and for me I was so hard and harsh on myself prior to the accident and then he died and then his gift to me was that was just gone Mm. And I was never going to spend time being hard or harsh on myself mm. anymore because I had learned to trust the person that I was and that this perception that other people might have was just not my concern any longer. And so when I hear you tell your story and, and, and I do not believe that all shitty situations have to have positive outcomes because we have to hold the shit of it. Yeah. But one of the gifts of these terrible situations is a deep knowing 
of what is important in life and to be able to support ourselves throughout that. And it is a gift for me to hear you talk about that within your own life. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I meant when I said you, you don't have to have fallen off a cliff to experience yeah. loss, to experience yes. those depths. Yeah. And just the the heartbreak that comes with the loss of identity, yeah. with loss in general. Yeah. It can be it can be I think it's easy to compare and, and think that something can be in like, inconsequential compared to compared to what I've been through yes but it's not because I think it's relative to every single person yes and what I hope to convey is through my story and through my recovery and not giving up on myself Mm -hmm. is that that power is within all of us it's within yes it's presented to us with every opportunity with every single setback no matter how small it is Mm -hmm. no matter in any mundane frustration yeah it, that that is an opportunity in itself to discover what makes you tick yes. what w- is really important to you the, what is that integrity that you have what is it that makes you get up every day yeah. and what is that i mean i i think it is a gift i think yes. that i mean maybe we don't have you know these silver linings call it cliche but i really do truly believe that there is something to learn from every single thing and it might not all be pretty and wrapped up in a bow certainly you know my my recovery wasn't completely it's it's definitely not not pretty and successful and yay comeback you know but my body is permanently changed there are still days when i'm like man i wish this didn't happen to me and i'm still so grateful that i had the opportunity and the learning opportunities that i did massively so and I think what I hope is that my story, your story too, mm-hmm. is that there's, these are opportunities to learn the strengths and, and, and to figure out these little gifts that are left behind yeah. as a result of something that we can't explain, yeah. that we wish didn't happen, yeah. but we can't change that it did. Exactly. And what are these gifts that are left behind that we can unwrap yeah. and what can we do with them? Yeah, big time. And those gifts are within each and every single one of us. And they're gifts to us and they're gifts to the people in our lives. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the point with those to continue with the metaphor of these little gifts, yeah. you can't leave them unwrapped mm-hmm. and hiding in the darkest, no. cl- in the darkest closets. Cause even then, you won't see what they are. It's our responsibility to self and to one another when we experience these things. To unwrap them and bring them into the light and, you know, show them. Yeah. And even when that unwrapping leads to you causes know, right more and deeper pain and, and mm-hmm. to relive certain things. Yes. Right. Like, man, I wanted you to to tell the story of the fall in your words yes but then I felt a certain shit responsibility heavy responsibility for like please take us through this (sighs) 
thing again, like no, to, to no. put you in the in that situation. But the the of the unwrapping, like if we can, when yes. we have the courage to go into that place where we store that shit and look at it and take the bow, which just happens to be made of fucking rebar or <sighs> something, <laughs> yeah. and unbend it and open this thing that um, it won't... Ultimately, whatever pain that we have to pass through in the process of assimilating those lessons will be alleviated or made worthwhile when one other person hears yes. of this experience, yeah. hears of this lesson, sees an example, mm -hmm. and it changes and it gets them yeah. out of a, a bad place in their, you know, whatever loop that they might be in. Or, or they feel like, less alone. Or it may be as simple right. as... See, here's the thing that I love about, maybe not love, but I do... Small L. Right, small L. Um, I appreciate about having the opportunity to share my story is because when I retell it, I get to experience a small portion of it. I mean, of it's, kind of, it's kind of reliving, reliving the memory a bit. It brings up a lot of intense emotions. I bet. It, it's still, it's, it's not it's heavy it's it's still it's it's not um rehearsed it's still very it's still very it's it's genuine it's but but the, the thing you're not doing anything rehearsed no any, that's definitely not how, yeah. how like, take i one? live yeah yeah that's <laughs> not wait let me do this again no yeah. um can we go from the top um but what i love no, no, about we're already down here and you're super <laughs> fucked up we can't go back up and have a different outcome right yeah. now but <laughs> what i love about telling it is like i get to experience again it again but also i think me telling telling the story it also brings up the different trauma, which I'm sure you've had. And I'm sure you've had. Oh, I didn't realize after talking to Mark, when we sat down and we talked about Travis and that, I mean, my life. Mm. I mean, I did go back to like early grief experiences after that discussion, which I obviously I didn't know because I have never experienced this life before well maybe I have but <laughs> this particular one and so I like stopped sleeping at night again or I started sweating again and all of that mm -hmm. stuff came back uh it just brought me brought me back to those moments again and I didn't know that that would happen or that what that energy take would involve right yeah but it's it's like you said being vulnerable yeah it's 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 difficult every time, but yet I welcome it because oh, yes. it encourages that in other people. Oh yes, and maybe you haven't fallen off a cliff or as you you know dove off face dove <laughs> off a cliff, <laughs> but you you know you it 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 can bring you to other instances in your life where you have experienced loss, yes, and trauma, yes, and impossible decisions and challenges and not knowing which way is up when we share these stories it's the universal and the unique mm -hmm. you know like we all have our unique experiences mm -hmm. but it brings the universal yeah. experience yeah. which i mean so 
I'm guessing that part of that time in France is when you were working on the book. So, or, yeah, actually. I mean, or just the experience of working. Mm-hmm. I just wanted, like, mm-hmm. wherever it happened. Um, <laughs> the experience of working on the book, of, of, of yeah. writing mm-hmm. the before and then writing the after. And then, and it, you know, if, I don't know if anybody who listens to books <laughs> uh, understands how fucking hard it is to write one oh. <laughs> yeah. um, an audiobook i have one of those now too but it, it, it's hard to do both <laughs> did you did you i recorded you the recorded audiobook oh, yeah. I love my that. own audiobook Thank so. you. what good yeah <laughs> especially because uh, because of the very personal nature yes, like i that's yeah. incredible i kind of um am waiting it won't be it shouldn't be too much longer when kiss or kill goes out of print and all rights revert back to me good um and then i can just do my i can actually read it because somebody else r- read kiss or kill uh-huh. oh that makes uh, sense no <laughs> not exactly yeah, exactly and i don't know why it was whether i just your voice is so distinct i know it's very yeah and then there was another and a kid sometime in the last year and a half got in touch with me he's just like man I heard that. Re- I've heard you speak, and I heard the book, and that guy. That's Jesus, strange. Could, would you give me permission to just like try and record it and myself reading it? And I'm like, dude, that's knock yourself still, out. Yeah, it's, but that still doesn't work. I, but it's still. But it is also <laughs> yeah. pretty fucking cool. Um, <laughs> but I. But j- the if it, it if it is deeply personal, then I think it is absolutely critical that that the experiencer is the one who yeah. sort of reads it in that thing. But, but to, to, to in the process of writing it, you know, recording it aside, which also must've been not mellow. Um, <laughs> but to the, in the experience of writing it, of like living with it, and, cause it's mm-hmm. not just like, I want to write this paragraph and it's going to be, no. I mean, it's, it's weeks, it's months. It's like yeah. being there and living with everything that came before. And then the accident itself. And then everything that you've, experienced and lived afterwards i imagine that was um i mean quite trans transformative (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean the so i like i said i did a lot of journaling throughout the whole just initial recovery process and it was really cathartic for me um and so i i wanted i had the idea to write a book uh, I mean, I have I have a blog, so I'd write like longer form, kind of more complete pieces on a theme, and it just seemed to really help. And so I wanted to start writing, and this was in 2018 when I presented this publishing company with the idea, and they they loved it. So then they would let me write it, even though I'm a professional. I'm not a professional writer, but it was important for me to do it. Yeah. And it be my voice. None of yeah. the best writers are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just saying that the profession is super poorly paid. Not that. <laughs> oh, it for sure is. But <laughs> it's like, that's also, I mean, not the why I wanted to write it, of, right? Of course not. No, I the, wanted the, to, the, to write it for everything that we just discussed is that if my story yeah. would encourage the vulnerability or process yeah. of discovery in someone else. Yep that they could discover some strength that they had that they didn't know existed. And it doesn't necessarily take a life-threatening no. sort of experience <laughs> in some way for that to come forth if we just would 
be able to see if we could see it and sometimes yeah. it takes a guide it takes a person you hear a person you encounter a person who aims you know your vision or, or whatever away from the grandiose back to mm. you know mm. <clears throat> you know the experience of life which is fucking not grandiose at all the yeah, other can <laughs> a, incredible and, and, yes. and, and beautiful moments um but those are moments and but just to, to be able to steer someone's vision towards the absolute um, necessity and wisdom and glory, small g, of their <laughs> of their own, you know, e- existence and and what can what can be you know experienced in the day to day and what can be learned from those things. I mean, I think yes, this is what yeah. Um, yeah. is is one of the motivations for writing and sharing and communicating and open you know s- yes you know spilling your proverbial guts yeah and that's honestly exactly what i had to do and for me the writing process was heavily linked with running i and ironically i actually in 2018 i, st- I presented the idea with this comp this publishing company and like you know end of so maybe like October, November. Yeah. So this is sort of like year and a half. Yeah. After and mm-hmm. yeah. And then in end of January, like end of January, first week of February, I break my ankle. Yeah. Another injury. Yeah. And uh, doing if, if I'm if I if I re- if I remember the story correctly, <laughs> it was a rather inglorious oh, accident. Completely. I slipped. Stepping. Stepping? On the ice. Okay. Yeah. I had. I was finishing my run. I had done the trail run. I was on four blocks from my house. Perfect misstep, full weight and twist on my fibula, snap. And as soon as I go down, I immediately just start crying of and course. crumbling because I know what happened. Of course. And my right side again, and I know what's about to happen. And... It was. But you got your physical therapist on speed dial, so. Honestly, that was like the, fir- <laughs> the first person I called was my doctor, and I was like, I was like, this is what just happened. Wh- where's who's an orthopedic surgeon? I can see he literally gets yeah. me an appointment. I call an Uber, and then I go there, and no the, shit. the second because they had to come pick me up, and because I, yeah. I I couldn't get back to my house, and it yeah. was snowing outside. It was a snowstorm, and then the second person I call was my PT. Because he's like family at this point. Like I oh, love yeah. that man. Yeah. Like he is. Okay. He is just one of the most. He's. He's seen me at my absolute lowest, and of he's course. accepted me, and you know, see, like allowed me to just come into my authenticity and show it to him. And he's just one of my people. And I remember just calling him because I didn't know what to do. It, and it, yeah, that was actually that recovery was I think harder in a sense oh, than I'm recovering sh- from the accident. I mean, it's not far after your accident. Only I mean, that's, not even a year, like a year and a half. That is devastating. It was, it was devastating. And I mean, I knew because I was just rebuilding yeah. myself. Yeah. yeah. And I had, I had, I, you know, I, I was, reco- I had returned to sport. I had actually returned to winning mm-hmm. races at the elite level again in 2018, not even a year after my accident. But it, it all felt new. It didn't feel like the same. I felt like this new runner. And then to break my ankle and to have to just go into that deep hole again. 
But uh, honestly, I, I felt like there was also a stripping that needed to happen. Yeah. I was seeing this guy at the time and it was, you know, I was, it just wasn't right. Yeah. And this, sh- like, it showed me that it wasn't right. And I had other work to do. I had things that I needed to accomplish. I had, I had big things I needed to work on in myself and I needed space and time to be able to do it. And this provided it. And that recovery period was again, essential, but it was that I hit, everyone was like, oh, like the accident must've been, you know, the hardest part. It's like, yes. I mean, it was, it was awful. I was on a scooter. I couldn't walk for three months. I had both wrists broken. I couldn't lift more than a 12 ounce beer can. So how could I cook? How could I eat? How could I bathe myself? You know, had to have constant supervision, but. But there's a rock (laughs) bottom below rock bottom. There's a rock bottom. And that breaking of my ankle was that rock bottom. I was angry. I was, I was beyond angry. I was just, and I was angry at myself. I was angry at my body. I was angry at everything. I was angry at the world. I was angry at, you know, if there is a God, like, you know, the, the, the universe, big, the universe yeah. like just, I, if there's a God, I'd say fuck him, but that would be making a, you know, <laughs> some kind of assumption about gender. Right. And I guess that'd just get us canceled. So, so, can't do that. Exactly. so fuck <laughs> you up there. The thing, capital. the right. yeah. capital F, <laughs> but, um, it's what needed to happen because, at that point okay i take it back (laughs) well Well, i mean no i but this is how you see and feel your life like i don't know maybe like really shitty like really hard and difficult things come in these like fucking tsunamis and it's like it's like this like big wave hits you and you think that that is the worst but then these other waves just keep hitting Mm. you and that's like and as you describe these experiences of your life that is like the deepest learning and the deepest growth and i think one really beautiful part of this is how you acknowledge like you acknowledge and hold these setbacks but how they have changed you deeply in Mm. your life and how much you can hold the worth of those changes in your life and maybe they didn't need to happen, but I feel like these things happen. But does it happen any other way? I don't know. F- for me, maybe not. Yeah. And I think for me, it's, it, it's, it, they've shown me, and I'm, I'm, I mean, you guys can see this, that I, I put my hand on my heart yeah. and it's something where I'm allowed to say that I, I, I have you yeah. like to myself, yeah. but with a deep, true appreciation, I like can touch myself and say like on you. my heart, like I, mm-hmm. I feel that mm-hmm. I have you. Mm-hmm. I like, I could I say it to myself. I got you Hill. Yeah. And it's because of these experiences that I've had that I know yeah. that if something hard happens, I have, I have the experience. I, I know that it's still not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty, but you'll do it. It's going to be the hardest, greediest thing, hardest thing that I've ever had to do. But you can do it. But I can do it. Yeah. And I can do it. That's what I would say. And I can do it. Yeah. 
And the most beautiful thing about that second injury and hitting that rock bottom was that not only was it again a stripping and almost like a cleanse in my life, I got to, you know, also rediscover what running meant to me. Mm. I got to rediscover and discover a new sport entirely. Yeah, I bet. Gravel biking. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I got to just to see life in a whole new way again and to again work hard for something that I wanted to do and that I believed I could do and I wasn't going to let anything hold me back from that completely and that's when I did I started writing the book yeah and I used my recovery as a way to work through that like I I had actually I had discovered gravel biking and I uh, <laughs> I decided to enter the hardest race out Shocking. there. Shocking. <laughs> this is a huge shock to us. The, so that's called Unbound Gravel, but it was Dirty Kanza 200. Yeah. Um, only with two months of gravel biking experience ever. Yes. And, uh, and it's a technical race. And I was able to, to not, I mean, I got 17th. So like I did pretty well. I finished in like 14 hours. And, but the coolest thing was I had so much freaking fun the entire time. And be out there. And, and, and honestly, it's so hard to learn a new sport. I knew how to ride a bike. I learned that as a kid, Mm. but like, as I've, I didn't really spend much time riding a bike and to learn a new sport as an adult and learn a new sport as a professional athlete and have the courage to step on a start line and be like, yo, this is for fun for me. I'm not in this to try to compete. I'm in this to just try to have fun and learn a new skill and be humbled again. But then you're out there and then like, (laughs) that motherfucker passed me. I did get some of that. Of course. You know, like, of course course I'm competitive. (laughs) But it was so amazing to be able to have the opportunity to discover a new sport and then continue to work at running and then use running as a way to not only recover and work towards other big goals that I had, but then use it as a way for writing. Yeah. And my routine. So I, again, it was time for me to go to Europe. So I, I was healthy enough that I was still was going to take a chance in some European races. So after doing, you know, two months of gravel racing, I step on the start line of a 50 kilometer race, having felt the most unprepared for running an ultra because I hadn't, you know, I haven't really been running because I've been riding. Yeah. And you haven't run it, but you have walked <laughs> through fire. Right? You are, yes. And I stood on the start line and ended up winning this race. Of course. And yeah. and I was like, okay, well then I guess I better stay in Europe and write this book and work towards my my other big goal, which was um, this crazy race that called Tour de Duc de Savoie, t- TDS. Mm-hmm. A uh, hundred and forty-five kilometer race, my longest race to date yeah. as a professional athlete. Yeah. Uh, so is it a circumnavigation of the boundary of the old? Yeah. So Tour de Duc. Like, so this Tour de Duc de Savoie, he was the Savoie a Tour of the the Duke of the Savoie oh, region. The Savoie, yeah. So we started in which Cormier, en- which encompasses Italy mm-hmm. and Switzerland. Exactly. Oh, that whole area. So we so it was it, we started in in Cormier and then went around Mont Blanc and ended in Chamonix. Nice. So, so around the, Mont, Blanc to the, Mont Blanc to the south. Yes. So, so through, yeah. it's Italy yeah. and then France. Yeah. So the op. Yep. Yeah. So um, 
basically the opposite direction of where UTMB goes. The circumnavigation yeah. to UTMB is clockwise. Yeah. And we went counterclockwise. Um, not on the same course. Yeah. Um, but I basically, you know, moved to Europe and I would get up in the morning. I'd have my breakfast, read a little bit of, you know, or, or write a few sentences for brainstorming. Then I'd go out on my training run and I'd go on my run and I'd think about what I wanted to write about. Yep. I'd think about stories. I'd think about themes. I'd record little voice memos on my yep. phone. Have the best time because it's such a creative and interactive experience. And then I'd go home in my little chalet that I had rented yep. for the summer yep. and I would write. And then if I needed a break, I'd go out, like do a little bike spin, take a walk. Yep. Then I'd, you know, do some more writing that evening and do it all over again the next day. Yep. And every time I was running, I was thinking about these ideas. Mm -hmm. It was just such a creative time and so cathartic because I got to... Sometimes I'd get chills and goosebumps on my run. Of course. It was during that summer that I went on a world sky running race again. Mm. I competed in it, not for, you know, just for training, not for mm -hmm. sake of, just for the sake of the experience. And it was awful. I cried. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. I wasn't ready. Yeah. And it was that summer in 2019 that I decided, actually... As soon as I crossed that finish line at my first race in 2019, which in, in Cortina and I, and I won it, it was like, I need to go back to Tromso. Mm. And so I went back and uh, that was the first time I saw Manu in person since the accident. Yep. Holy shit. We went up on that ridge. I told him that I wanted to come back and I wanted to do the race. But the only way I was doing the race is if he would do it with me. Of course. And the only thing harder than doing an ultra at a place where it nearly killed you was doing an ultra at a place that nearly killed you with the person that rescued you. Yeah. And experiencing it together. And I got to ask him about the accident from his experience and that's that's the first time I realized uh, how bad it could have been yeah and it only took what two years to be ready to have that conversation yeah yeah two years and yeah rock bottom and Extra rock bottom. Uh, extra, a couple, rock bottom plus. A couple rock bottoms. Yeah. Uh, but you went there. Which is... Rem so when you and Manu, you went up and on a on a day that was not the day of the race. So yeah, I, I the race was on the Saturday and I arrived like on a Tuesday. And that Wednesday we went up, we went up to the ridge. And it was eerie because I, I remember oh the aid station being there where we parked. I remember that part of the course. I remembered it like it was the day before. I remembered the ridge and I was like, oh, I remember seeing this person here. I remember passing you here. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I was probably about here. And then I remember going to the spot and I looked over the edge. And he's like, yeah, this is where it happened. And it wasn't, I, I, 
it was the weirdest experience. Like I don't remember. I didn't fall to the ground. I wasn't sobbing. Yeah. But my body right. and my brain remembered. Of course it did. And Fuck. it was like someone shot me with a shot of adrenaline. My heart rate immediately spiked. Of course. My senses were just heightened. There was this buzzing in my ear. And I I told Manu, it was like, I have to get out of here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and we had to descend the whole, you know, the yeah. whole fucking thing. Like, yeah. w- well, we had to go up to the actual summit mm-hmm. of the mountain because I, I didn't fall on the summit. I fell before then on the ridge with that feeling of, you know, just that you're, I mean, I don't, your outer body. Yeah. And I went home to the apartment, the hotel room, and I just felt numb. I immediately pulled up flights to to try to change because mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I couldn't. I felt like I couldn't go back out there. Yeah. I couldn't even write. I couldn't even put into words what I was feeling. And finally, I was able to call Manu and he encouraged me. He's like, okay. He's like, just come out to my little cabin. We can, you know, just spend the day just relaxing. Bring your computer. You can write. And I, so I sat with it. I, I didn't do anything and I was able to just form new memories with a place that before had just been filled with hospital beds and death and, and bad memories and bad images. And, um, I was able to start writing about the experience, what Manu told me, what I felt. Um, I had actually invited my mother to come out to watch the race. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and this is like this oh god because my mother had north face had actually flown her out to she was watching the race virtually um when the accident happened and she you know had heard that there was an accident and she hadn't seen me check in and so it was finally when she got the call that it was me you know, it took her a day and a half to actually get to me. And she spent the whole two weeks in the hospital with me. So I felt that she deserved a fresh mm. start on Norway just as much just as I did. A- as you did, yeah. 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 And my relationship with my mother definitely changed after the accident. I think she, we both had maybe a mutual understanding of each other and could see more eye to eye. Mm. And... Um, just a mutual respect, I think, for our differences and our similarities. And after, so my mother was supposed to come, but I think her flight was delayed. And um, I was supposed to do this vertical kilometer race on a Friday. This is typically what they do. You do a vertical kilometer, so you climb a thousand meters in less than 5K. 
And of course, this one was super freaking steep. It was like, of course, designed by Killian. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. On top of this. You so, may need to use your hands. <laughs> and you, you definitely did. And there was definitely some like stemming and climbing things, which I was not happy to do. I was crying during the VK um, while redlining. <laughs> and um, yeah, inhaling your own tears is not <laughs> mellow. Hobbies. What is she doing? <laughs> um, but the coolest thing is that, so I, I calmed down with Manu all day on Thursday. He, you know, we actually, I think, I forget if the race was Thursday night or Friday morning. I think it was Thursday night, actually. We had a day off before the race. Thursday night was the VK. We were like waiting for my mom. We go out to the VK start. Manu's just, you know, cheering. And. I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, so the, it's literally, we're starting from the sea and then we're going to the sky. Mm. And as I'm starting the race and we're crossing over this, like, f- we start down the sea, it's on the other side of the road. So we have to touch the water. The gun goes off and we have to cross over the road and then start up the single track trail. As I cross over the road, my mom is running from the bus yelling, go, Hillary, go, Hillary. Oh I almost lose it. Of course. And it just, it propels me. Like, I am so happy that she's there, that I stuck it out. I ended up getting second in this vertical kilometer. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, just to not, not give up on yourself when it feels impossible and it feels hard. And it, just because, you know, you don't want to be there doesn't mean that it, you, it can't teach you something. Oh, yeah. It's, it's often the situations you don't want to be in that teach you the most. Big time. And then... Especially uh, if you chose to stay. Right. When there was an opportunity to turn back. or Yeah. Stay. yeah. And there's a difference there. I think that there, there's that there's that gut feeling that tells you that you should stay because there are those times when that gut feeling tells you to go, but those are distinctly different feelings. You know, there's, there's, I, I, I've listening to that kind of intuition of when something doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. to being able to distinguish between those two things. It's subtle, but I think we all know what it feels like when you know that you should stay and see something through if it's going to teach you something or you're it's going to be worthwhile and then this mind head fucking kicks in and starts telling you it knows better right than this visceral yeah millions of years in the making Mm -hmm. feeling yeah yeah brain yeah I'm so so much smarter than that that <laughs> that that whatever it is you got in what do you call it? in into what intuition <laughs> yeah and then and yeah. then also like listening to that you know in the mountains like some days when i'm feeling a little bit off and and just not connected and knowing that it's okay if i walk away from a summit 100% and that's intuition too yeah. knowing that it's okay to not see something through yeah if it's going to put you in an a, a dangerous situation yeah and being able to go back to Tromso 
really allowed me to experience a difference. And I was so thankful that I was able to see Manu. My mom was able to be there. It was the most magical experience to see my mom in three places on the course. Yeah. Cheering, yelling her so loud. So loud. Yeah. And with the cowbell like in Norwegian with just like with someone had taught her like it was just it was so cute oh yeah and more cowbell yes and seeing the the volunteers on the race who had been there the year that I Mm. had fallen cheering for me I love you as I was crying at the summit as I reached it and I, as I would break down into tears at different parts because I didn't know if my body could do this type of running again at a high level still. Um, and then crossing that bridge into Trumzo and getting to hug my mom at the finish line. I think we both didn't know if I was what was going to happen again. Yeah. Because, you know, the last time that she was there, the last time I was there, I was in a hospital bed. Wow. And it's, it's not, it's not even just like the physical recovery. No. Oh, you know, I, no. I just I, I don't want to say <laughs> hardly, but that's what I'm going to say because <laughs> yeah because the weight is for sure. I mean, it's carried physically, right. but it soul. is really carried elsewhere. Yeah, the real weight. And just even 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 yesterday, going out with Jared and Luke and and trying this route, which was not only 40 miles in the bike back country, but 40 technical miles scrambling on sandstone, which is not comfortable yeah. you know it's it's an acquired skill and you know here's this girl coming who did it who you know still has some trauma working through that stuff doing some vertical climbing moves and literally having to trust 100 percent on these badass mountain men you know making des- good decisions and me being able to communicate i don't feel comfortable here you know, sometimes sobbing, I don't feel comfortable here. Oh, was well, so it going to monkey barrel me up? Yeah, yeah. We, we coined a term. I literally told them before I was like, okay, have you guys ever played this game? It's called like barrels of monkeys. And like Luke's like, yeah, monkey barrel. And I was like, yeah, you know how they have like the C-shaped arms and the game is to try to like collect as many as you can. I was yeah. like, that's going to be us tomorrow and my safe phrase for going into this adventure like just monkey barrel me up this thing <laughs> yeah. if shit like gets guys real interlock arms and yeah. fucking help help, help me. me out yeah. and we had to do it in a few places and I think there was a time when Jared was like he's like well I should have brought a small rope and I'm like fuck we're gonna be out here forever <laughs> and and like literally the first eight miles it was tricky it was like memory building for sure um, traumatic in a few ways memory building i know i like that that sounds awesome i really want to have that fun again i know but like but this is this is who i am like i chose to be there they like i wanted to do this thing it's it was immensely challenging even before my accident but for sure afterwards oh yeah and to go back to my mom is i sent her the spot tracker 
of you know doing this thing and she is just she's like she, I don't even think she she comprehends like what it is that I did like she would certainly not approve of some of the stuff oh. that we were oh. doing oh, hell no. and I'm sorry mom <laughs> but also this is who she raised me to be yeah. and yeah. I think like that embrace I mean, she turns you loose on the world yeah, yeah. and that's yeah but but you know like sharing that spot tracker with with her yeah. and embracing her at the finish line of Trump so i just think that is to circle back to what we started talking about at the very beginning that's the authenticity mm. as a mom mm-hmm. knowing that her daughter wants to return to running but not just running she wants to return to sky running to the type of running that nearly killed her, mm. to doing these off-trail adventures, to doing these things that are extremely demanding, both physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for her to witness. It's hard for her to show up. And she does. And she does, and she loves me for it. And that is that is what it's all about. That is, I think, through all of the setbacks and all of the recoveries and all of the ups and downs and as i continue to learn through life and show up in that vulnerability with that integrity and with that unrelenting knowledge and sense of self it encourages those in my life that are strong enough to stand there with me with open arms yeah big time Maybe even push you out the door sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or monkey bear, monkey barrel. Mo- or monkey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me that C-shaped yeah. arm, and I wish it was a little longer. <laughs> yeah, Jared's got some pretty long arms. They're pretty strong. Luke's too. I trust both those guys. But, yes. but Solid they're not arms. as long as a rope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have been the full experience. I, in fact, for sure. I yeah. had this. Um, I had a we had we joked about this. I told them this safe phrase, and they're like, "All right, Hillary. Well, if anything gets hairy, you know, we usually start spooning if things you know hold each other a little bit if things get scary." So it's like, "Don't really freak out until that starts happening." I was yeah. like, "Okay, guys. Well, I have a secret weapon in my pack. I went to the drugstore earlier and bought like a five dollar payday candy bar. Oh shit, yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah. And I was yeah. like, Well, if you guys are gonna be spooning, I'm gonna be breaking out oh, the, the payday, payday to like yes. stress eat for a little bit. Yeah. But but the payday did not come out. Nice. And so Jared is and like, no spooning occurred. No spooning occurred. And 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 Jared was like, oh Hillary, we didn't get the full value. I'm just like, what more full value do you need? Spooning and payday. I, I yeah, but you know that. Oh my god, yeah. But it's it's just it's experiences like that, and I think that. Like I said, I don't I don't know if I would have done that ev- that kind of a route even before the accident. Mm. But being able to show up in my vulnerability and 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 ex- and communicate to Jared and to Luke and being like, "Look, okay, like this might be a bit of a journey I, oh, for me." I trust I what, you guys. You trust yeah. them, but you, it, I loved how you described it. You were like, "Yeah, I cried through this section, or I was quiet through this section," and accept, right. and accepting those waves of the experience, like. Because I'm a very, I'm a chatty person. Yeah. <laughs> People would say that maybe that's not the, like, that's counterintuitive to an introvert. Wait, wait, would you consider yourself fiercely chatty? <laughs> yes. 
I would. <laughs> she says. You're welcome here anytime. She, she says Hillary. atrocity. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like we yeah there, just to go to that like i was definitely crying during some sections yeah. then i was so proud and happy mm-hmm. so i was like laughing and like oh they, this is great i'm so proud that i did that like thank you guys for helping me yeah. and then there was definitely a period like t- you know t- two hours you know where i was not that chatty yeah. i was quiet i was listening i was in my own experience i was in my own head i was kind of like piecing them some things together i was like okay like can you really do this and i i literally after I felt it kind of pass, I told, I told, I used my words. I told Jared and Luke yeah. and I was like, all right, I, I was repairing. Yeah. I was like, I think I'm okay now. I'm believing that I can do this and let's have some fun. Hell Here's yeah. some science jokes. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Don't make me break out the payday. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Jared's like, should we make her break out the payday? Should yeah. we take this? Like, I think we should. He's like, there's this deep canyon. It's worth exploring. Let's go. <laughs> like, but she won't share the payday, so there's no benefit to us if she breaks it out. Because <laughs> basically it's payday in one hand and the middle finger in the yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, like I carried this shit. It's mine. <laughs> I might just like keep this payday for the next adventure that I go on with Luke and, and I, yes. I got, a, I got a Snickers bar that was gifted to me. You know, jumbo, gigantic, brownie something. peanut butter, Snickers. brownie peanut butter Whoa. Snickers, gifted to me recently. For like, you saved this for a good adventure, boy. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh man, but so for your next adventure. Mm. Now I know that you know. This is a fitness podcast. Yeah. And we've been talking a little bit about, you know, athleticism and shit, you know? So, but we need to talk about like how to eat for these long adventures. I think we just did paydays and Snickers. (laughs) Yes. But there's another level. Let's go there. Which has, which has been experimented with in this building. Mm. Empanadas? I'm going heavy, heavy yes on that as well. <laughs> Those are delicious. But, um, and we, and because earlier in the kitchen we were talking about like the, you know, going out on this we were eating forty mile that we were, this. yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. and burritos and sandwiches, and I ate some Doritos. Um, Proud. It, hey, they were there, <laughs> and you know, so it feels good to eat like a twelve year old every now and then, or a seventeen year old. Oh, I have but, a twelve year old's palate. <laughs> exactly. But we were talking about okay, you're going to go out on this thing, and you know, it's like forty miles, and this and it's going to take somewhere between twelve and twenty hours, and so you. Jared's gotta, assessment was thirteen to sixteen, but bring enough food for eighteen, so you know it could get real hairy. <laughs> yes, See, exactly. Someone, yes. someone like that says. It could go to 18. You're just like, yep. All right. And I'll, not only was it, snacks. you know, yeah. was it there, but it was bolded and in capital letters. Ah, so nice. It's like, okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So um, we had this thing. We've we had we've talked we talked about it before. I don't know when if it was ever recorded, but we um, when this 24 hour uh, assault bike <laughs> challenge over New Year's uh, Eve happened here in the building yeah. and we had a bunch of different teams <laughs> and. Uh, Blair and I accidentally came up with some um, with some nutrition options for this. No, what? yes. <laughs> so there's a 
There's a tin of trail mix. And Mark puts a couple Snickers bars in there. Yes. Well, I was just trying to be efficient. You know, like I got these Snickers bars. They're open. I could throw the wrapper away if I just put these somewhere else. And so he puts like, the Snickers bars in the trail mix. So we just start eating the trail mix with the Snickers bars in there. And while, we're like. While driving. While driving. From ice climbing. And, and we were like. This is how trail mix should be made. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Dried fruit and fucking pistachios? No. That's bullshit, Throw man. Throw some candy bars in there. <laughs> yes. And some salty and some sweet and some fat and some a uh, tiny bit of protein, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> make it gluten-free and then let's... Yeah. Yes. And so then we just kind of hypothesized and all of the wonderful glorious things you can buy at convenience stores that could go into this trail mix lays potato chips oh oreos cashews peanuts peanut butter m&ms fudge m&ms pretzels filled with fudge brownies oh my god <laughs> uh, this butter, like kinda... butterfingers snickers light on the butterfingers that's a treasure that, that was a surprise in yeah there. Was a, and a couple yeah. reese's cups too yeah yeah a little, there were some surprises. The Butterfingers yeah. and Reese's Cups were like the big wins. But, I, I wanted some marshmallows, but I didn't get there. Man. But then I overnighted this. So I w- my responsibility was the container. I got to right. get the container and make the label. And then Blair was doing, in charge of the recipe. Food. Yeah, I was and, a, a chef. This recipe yeah. sounds like superb for ultra running. I, oh, uh, holy shit. You could like, it's a, like it, it came in a can. It was, well. Wait. No, you made this, right? This I made a- this and then I overnighted it for $130. Is that what it cost? Oh, yes. my God. I- <laughs> oh, wow. my God. Wait, how much? of how Like quantity? Uh, uh, a couple, a- few pounds. A few pounds. Yeah, I, I can show you the can because it has a really cool label on it. Um, I got, uh, you know, I came back and it was just like, I got the label. I got, I got it handled. And so I'm I like, called our here. friend Vince and I'm just like, dude, I got this idea for the okay it's going to be the can's going to be this big here's the measurements of the can it's called fat kid trail mix so we're gonna need some kind of a logo exactly (laughs) um you know like a a thing has to do a little bit with nonprofit, but also the uh, assault bike because people are going to be eating this shit for 24 hours if they're brave enough um (laughs) and uh and then we're going to need uh, like an ingredients list on the can also because, you know, any kind of food product has an ingredient list. And, uh, or, and, and, and you know, you know, your calorie count and, <laughs> you know, how much fat, how much protein, how much, you know. And uh, so we made this thing and I didn't. Anyway, it got over, it got overnighted. I went and found the can. I thought I was going to get like a Folgers like. We wanted some caffeine. Some I, see, I wanted I wanted to like get a Folgers can so I could pour like 99% of the, you know, the instant yeah. coffee grounds out and then add the trail mix and then just shake it up. So there's like kind of oh, so fucking caffeine all over everything. Yeah, it's but so good. I couldn't, but they, but Folgers like went to plastic and I'm just like not down with the plastic container. So I found like a, um, some kind of, uh, a, a can of baby formula. <laughs> Like powdered baby formula. Oh my gosh! I mean, that's legit for an endurance event. And then I was just like, "Well, I'll just leave some of this in here. You know, be kind of like 
powdery, milky dairy, you know, whatever. And, um, and so then that on, on the food table during the 24 hour thing, the fat kid trail mix was, was there. Oh my gosh. And it did get, you know, probably 30% of it got consumed then. And then the rest of it has just been me in the office. Proud. Oh It's really delicious. Oh, I mean, I it's amazingly delicious. Like when you get one of those classic Lay's potato chips along with a little bit of Oreo cookie. Exactly. Or Snickers, go, Holy. Oh yes. my gosh. This see, I, I was, Jared was filling up his little baggies with regular trail mix and gore. Oh no, he yeah. needed Snickers and Lay's and Oreos in there. And you got oh, enough man. salt to trigger, yep. you know, and a, some a, baby some, formula. And so, a little baby, <laughs> a little formula. baby formula, you yeah. know, just in case. Oh, yeah. So we're going into nutrition coaching. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I think this is I this approve. is a thing. I'm just going to next time next big event. I'm just going to go, Hillary. Here's your can. Yeah, take your kid drill mix. Let's do Enjoy. it. Don't eat it all in one place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe you do, depending on the event. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If it's a 24 hour aerodyne. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> True. <yeah>. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> And with that levity, um, <laughs> what next? What now? Or well, what now? What next? I mean, both. It works. Yeah. Um, when does the book come out? Yeah, the book comes out April sixth. Awesome. And it's still something that I'm scared about. Of you know, course. I mean, it's 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 hard oh, writing. Oh, somebody. putting your heart out there <laughs> in yeah. print yeah. for all to see. Uh, Forever, I have such a hard time like putting my heart out there in general. Yeah. You know, like and then you, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have to come on ridiculous podcasts and nah. talk about your book and your experience. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like that. I, I think conversations are the where the real connections and real kind of work happens. Yeah. And yes. that's why, I mean, the whole purpose of me writing the book, I think it's more of a testament to human resilience and mm -hmm. using my story as an example to show others that strength can be found in places that you least expect it or that you didn't even think it was there. Yes. It, I mean, to find strength in being broken. Right. Is. Uh, and that that is pretty, strong. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, all of these cultural definitions of what strength is. Yes. It's stripped away. Or, or I mean, strength, but then also, you know, what is sport and what does sport mean? Right. And, you know, do you need to look cute while doing it if you're a hmm. female? And should you yeah. be blonde and not ginger because, you know, yeah. that gets more likes or because, you know, like. We have no it, soul. Well, yeah. Walkers. <laughs> <laughs> scary people. Oh, yeah. Um, I I think it's an it's a it's an incredible opportunity. I mean, it's one of the reasons that we make print stuff here, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, there's a there's Which a I love. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad because it's like this is more often than not the real value is not in the thing that people mostly see as valuable, mm. right? That that you could scroll on your phone and read the same words right of the, the you know the book or whatever or an, an an article an essay or something um or you could hold the printed version of it in your hand and it has weight and you yeah. feel the texture and there's the smell yeah. of the ink and the paper itself it's the passive and versus the active experience i think mm -hmm. i like that mm -hmm. yeah and writing is obviously it's active, but then in order, reading a book, it, it's an experience. And even the audio book. I mean, reading is, it, it's, yeah. it's active in 
ways mm-hmm. of you know beyond the actual the simplistic reading and i love also like some other details in the book is uh i met this woman in chamonix along the way uh just randomly at this hut i was staying in she's an artist mm. uh claire and she she lives in seattle and she does watercolor art and so she has done the artist the mm. the, the imagery for my for my book oh, so it's beautiful. not so it's not photographs it's not, no it's, it's, it's black and white mm. watercolor images that's beautiful. and some of them have been drawn from pictures of, of me on that ridge mm-hmm. one of the cover photo is 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 of her or one of her drawings and um yeah so it's details like that that i don't think you can get from no. you yeah. know a screen and to do it in that way, I think one of the beautiful things about writing or, and I would say black and white photography is that it, it is more demanding of the reader, you know, the, the writing it's demanding of the reader and the black and white, you know, it's, it's not literal. So the, the, so the viewer has to bring, they have to come with their own capacity for interpretation. Right. And then black and white watercolor, that's, that's that's 5d that's 5d lifestyle right there but um (laughs) but yeah and so i i just love the details of that kind of stuff it's just a really i think it's a piece of art that comes together yeah and yeah so i mean that that comes out april 6th and what's it called it's called out and back you can yeah i mean you can pre-order it now um i'm Hell doing yeah. i'm it's on my website so yeah. what is your web address oh, i mean like it's, let's it's do like hillaryallen.com so it's perfect. very easy um there's yeah. a little tab over there for um for the book you could follow my altered ego on instagram hilly goat climbs nice. <laughs> and, yes. and hilly goat climbs it, it's like all one word right there's hilly goat a... underscore climbs okay. yeah so but if you if you search my name you'll find it yep. so yeah. Um, that's how when Thurk invited you to come to the thing and he, you know, in, in the he, gathering in Moab and he yeah. told me, I'm like, I don't, I think I know that name for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. And then I looked up, I'm like, oh yeah, I heard about a thing that happened yeah. to her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. I don't know if it was, I mean, yeah, the, the mutual, the, the mutual friends that we have in Boulder are. Right. Are very are, are many and and uh, yeah. well, I don't know if varied is is the, the right word, but I'm trying to. I, I think that uh, sometime after the little gathering in Moab, you went and had you had dinner with uh, John Webb. Oh, John Webb! <laughs> Love that I, guy. I'll I'll put my hand on my heart for him. <laughs> He's also, so awesome. Yes. Oh. Yes. And I was actually thinking the day, you know, yesterday, the day before, I was going to send him a text, and then I then I dropped it um, to say like, John, um, we're going to have Hillary on the podcast. Is there something <laughs> I should ask that'll just come Aww. from totally left field? That'll be like, oh, you did know, you like, say anything? No, I didn't. I didn't send the text because it was only an idea in my head, probably you know, two in the morning when I couldn't sleep or something. But right. Um, but I didn't. But he's he's uh. He's a, a wonderful man. Yeah. And we were talking about Corey earlier, who I hope right. to finally meet in person in, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Sometime. two and a half weeks, yeah. two and a half weeks, something. something. Oh, that's Let's awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah, we definitely, the people we know in Boulder, they're, they're quality and yeah. yeah, yeah, quality people. And the ones that we know like mutually all around. Oh, so. all around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> quality. <laughs> uh, Which... So how do, is that just by way of 
I I think it's reflections. I do too. Like if you are courageous enough to show up in who you are and be super authentic and passionate, passionate and you know unapologetic for the things that matter most to you, it attracts the same in, in other people. Yeah. And the rest will just kind of fall away and take care of itself. And to be able to listen to one another. Right. To listen even when it's hard. Yep. To learn from one another and learning and takes to, growth and, and it takes patience and it takes... And learning to give one another space to learn. We, right. I, if I get frustrated with someone else... It's often because I expect them to have grown in the same exact ways that I have grown and expanded already. Yeah. But we each wake up and we have different experiences and we have our different days. And so it's giving one another the grace and space to learn in our own time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, still be, you know, strong enough to stand there with you. Yes. Um, Yes. And to let you be you on those days then when you being you is not so convenient for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's a, it's a bit too, too big of an ask for some and just enough for others. Yeah. Seems yeah. like. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Do you have some racing? Oh, I mean, well, we, obviously we don't know what happens yeah, so with... Well, the vid. and and exactly, <laughs> and so vid. so with that, with the book being coming out and yeah. on oh, April like book 6th, tour, do you are you going to well, like traditional kind of? No, so it's gonna it's launch, a lot going to be online, um, yeah. and so you know people can look out for that. But to kick it all off, because you know you can't, I can't guarantee that there's going to be any events. I've decided to do my own Aww, event, um, which is something I've never done before. It's and you've been training for. I've been training for. Yeah. It's uh, Everesting. So it's this, you know, people do it in the cycling community and the ultra running community too. Yeah. So it's Everesting. So going up and down the same trail or same, you know, road um, until you reach the summit of Everest, which is 29,032 feet. Um, it also s- happens to be 7,347 miles away from here. So it's going to take you a while to do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Um, but, uh, so I'm... A made up number. I don't know. Exactly. How uh, I was like, <laughs> wow. What? I mean, there are those, you know, those signs with those like, this way. Yeah, that, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, Everest Base Camp. <laughs> this way. Not for you. Yeah. And so mine will be on Green Mountain. So in Colorado. So it, it holds emotional significance sure. and you know and and just geographical significance because as well, a lot of like the rehab hiking was there, there on that mountain yeah before i could run i was hiking every morning and it's like and i'll just say if one was trying to everest in the most efficient way possible <laughs> the trail up green mountain would not be one's first choice due to the horizontal distance of every single lap no and yeah. so it's not the steepest trail in Boulder. It's so you're not. doing some mileage. I'm doing some mileage. It's about 65 maybe. Um, and it takes 14 laps. But the reason I like this is because there's 14 parts to my chapter. Mm. So the cemetery is just, it's it's just there. It has a sentimental value. It has mm. emotional significance. That's beautiful. Um, and it, so I'm doing that. So the end of, the end of March to kind of um, just kick things off. And to go out with a big celebration and mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then I can invite, you know, people in the community in a safe way to join me since it's outside and, you know, they can join me for, for a lap or, um, you know, support me through the midnight hours. And, um, yeah, Yeah. as I, and my goal is to kind of dedicate each lap to the theme, um, of a particular chapter. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So, and I'm hoping that, you know, the people that I write about in that, in that chapter will, you know, come out for that lap. (laughs) I love that. That's, in my own running training or with athletes, uh, sometimes like each month I'll be like, think about somebody that has impacted you and, and run, I'm quote, right. air quoting and run with them for that month and think about how they've impacted you or how they've changed you or how you look up to them in your life. And then during the race, you can put that person at certain mm. miles mm-hmm. within your run and then you share, even though they're not physically there, but you share those miles with them. And right. so I love the idea that each lap is a different chapter from mm-hmm. your book. Yeah. 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 Damn. <laughs> mm. And so then after that, really, it's all, it's all just icing on the cake. If races happen, if not, I'm just enjoying the process to to get there and challenge myself and do big things. And if there's no races, well, there's plenty of routes out there and there are. adventures to be had. People, oh yeah, people to share them with, and I'll find them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or they'll find you. Yeah. I mean, like this thing <laughs> with with Jared and Luke that you just did was sort of a um happenstance in a way right. like you came yeah. out because the because for jared's sort of clean air mm-hmm. project which then didn't so, happen well yeah self-supported his lapping of grandeur and i yeah. you know i was doing some like just some laps with him doing you know my kind of my own little day and then he yeah he invited me then and i didn't He's have like, it wow planned. you can keep up how well, would you like to go do this <laughs> thing keep I mean, up yeah right I, I, I mean <laughs> Okay, he's on his, you know, yeah, right, eighth, right, you're right, right. on your second. Yeah. He's like, I, <laughs> no, yeah, but I, wasn't know, quite we that. We talked bad. about. It. I mean, I used to, I, however many years ago, there was a there was a winter where I couldn't go outside in the daytime, mm. um, for for you know, it's you were a ginger, <laughs> uh, suffering like one, like apparently, mm-hmm. and so I'd be out, I'd go, I'd go to Grandeur a lot of time at night. And Jared's always there. <laughs> God was always there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Which was kind of, I mean, I think at that time he, he was living quite close. Yeah. I think or so, or yeah. Something. he's or got maybe. friends and like every, yeah, he lives yeah. quite close, but yeah. And, mm. and so it's just, yeah, it just happened. And I was happened to be on this road trip and had the freedom to be, it was already to on be the able road. To say yes. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll meet you down there. I which got is to, also the beauty of, you know, right? hashtag van life yeah. or pound sign van life um, <laughs> the, the, to, to be able to, uh, if you're, you know, just moving about the world and open. Right. And then you can, you get to, you have the opportunity to say yes. Yeah. And yeah. And, and see new places, have new experiences. And oh, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. Sounds like it was fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And there, and that's so part of that. There was some film coverage for, uh, I, I'll say, a documentary because I'm speculating yeah. about sort of Jared's experience with that Barkley Marathon, mm-hmm. Barkley Marathon, 
yeah. race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's, um, he had some, you know, some, there was some extra people out there yeah. documenting the experience. So that was cool that I, you know, got to be a part of the B roll. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or as you said, comedic relief. Comedic relief for <laughs> sure. I, you know, choose a scientist. Anytime you need comedic relief, choose a scientist. Yeah. Like, science <laughs> jokes. Totally oh, makes gosh. sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I definitely provided that for that crew. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Big time. I'm so glad that this could happen with the three of us in this room. Me too. After, you know, the initial sort of, I don't know, I want to say train wreck, car crash, whatever, meeting and experience in Moab and, um, (laughs) and then trying to figure out, okay, how, since all of us are from, not here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess except me. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Life has its way of working out. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Will you potentially be around for a 50 mile run in a couple of weeks? Our friend, Cedric, <laughs> is celebrating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I will be. Cool. <laughs> See you there. Yeah. We will see you there. Okay, cool. Definitely. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) But get the band back together. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Tag the trail mix. Exactly. Yeah, like legit. No, legit. Like legit. For sure. We're going to make... Yes. 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 Um, I'm just there for the celebratory beers. I'm probably not going to do much running. What? Yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Ouch! Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll have great. a camera. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be great. Catch yeah. some good faces. Mm. Yes. But yes, I will be around for that. And, and good. Then maybe we could all sit down with uh, Mr. Richards. Oh heck yeah! Be. Yeah. Super fun. Mm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Mr. John Webb. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Apparently, mobile podcast gear yes oh man good all right okay for sure it's a date date. of some kind (laughs) blair speed thank you for being here thank you for having me thank you hillary allen Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing big time being still here (laughs) a (laughs) um and being you Mm -hmm. till next time Mm mm-hmm